With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. In the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yep, and welcome into the most fan-friendly, interactive show and therapeutic show, quite frankly, in Minnesota sports. This is Vikings Vetline, presented by Surly, presented by TCL. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL, a new line of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. My name is Phil Mackey. Declan Goff is our executive producer, and Judd Zolgad is hanging out at U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings just completed a double-digit comeback, the third successful fourth-quarter comeback of the season for Mr. Game-Winning Drive, the Dagger Doctor, the secondary slayer, Himself, the fourth quarter pharaoh, Kirk Cousins. Probably could have hit Justin Jefferson wide open on that. Uh, he had like three wide open receivers to choose from. Of course, Robot Cousins finds uh, K.J. Osborne instead of Justin Jefferson for the Randy Moss record, but I digress. Uh, we're going to turn the show over to you guys, Vikings fans. And this, I'm sure people will comment on today's game, but like we really want this show to be all about the future of Vikings football what would you do at GM, at coach? What would you do with the quarterback? How would you want to see this thing play out over the next few days and the next few months to get the Vikings back into a contender mode sometime either in 2022 or sometime soon? But let's throw it to Judd here real quick. We'll go around the room real quick, and then we'll turn over to the fans here. Um, your main takeaway after absorbing the final game of the season for the Vikings. Uh, thank God it's over. I'm glad it's done. Uh, that was a brutal game to, ha- to have to watch. Uh, the, the Vikings ultimately get the win. They cost themselves a draft pick. But, um, yeah, I'm just glad it's done. There, there was literally nothing. Once Kellen Mond was made inactive, there was nothing I needed or wanted to really see. And so the quicker that that game between two bad football teams and one probably terrible team got done, the better. End of Judd's statement. Declan? Uh, my initial one is you coward Mike Zimmer for not figuring out a way to get Justin Jefferson the football to break the record. That's just my first little initial takeaway from this meaningless game. Uh, but to echo what Judd said, let's just let's turn the page, man. It's time to start a new chapter of Vikings football. I, th- I think when we look back on this other chapter, it'll be honestly more of an appreciative factor of Mike Zimmer. I saw that kind of like a very unique photo of him just sitting on the bench pregame, kind of taking it all in probably as the last time as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, but it's time to turn the chapter. It's time to turn the page. Let's write a new book, and let's look on to 2022. Yeah, I would say uh, it's been eight years of respectable 
mostly winning football, although they haven't been above 500 in like 700 days. But for so many reasons, I am just ready for a new era. I'm ready for a new coach. Uh, Judd's been reporting and saw Jason Lock and Fora that uh, we're probably going to see some changes here in the next 24 to 48 hours. We'll find out what those look like exactly, but I'm just ready for a new era of Vikings football. And uh, with that, I think we should line up you guys and your takes here for the next hour, two hours, whatever whatever it is, however long you guys want to go. This is the most fan-friendly, interactive show. You guys have helped us go to new heights as a show, Purple Daily and Vikings Ventline this year. We appreciate you helping us get to 20,000 subscribers on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. If you are watching us today, please click subscribe and the like button so we can help spread the word about this Vikings community. So, Declan, who do we got first out of the gate here on Ventline? Yeah, let's go to Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome to Vikings Ventline. Where are you calling from, man? Thanks for joining. Uh, Call from New Jersey. What an honor to be uh, leading off the show today. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, love, love what you guys do. Uh, loyal listener. I can't sing you guys enough praise. I'm always promoting you guys to any new Viking fans that I meet, trying to get people off of, I guess, K-Fan, who I've never listened to before. So, uh, Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Of course. All right. Um, the one thing I want to say is this. I mean, what a total waste today was uh, just, to, you know, to take uh, all the joy out of, like, the last meaningless week of the season. And, like, you're not going to play Kellen Mond or whatever for this worthless game. Uh, I don't know, just so Kirk can improve on, on his numbers for Zim to get, you know, one, meaning, one more meaningless win so his resume looks better. But what bothers me is the fact that, you know, and I, I agree with you guys that this thing has gone stale. I'm ready for a new era of Vikings football. But the um, the the fact that, that Spielman is safe, I don't understand how this guy is Teflon, where you look at his track record of, like, you know, the, he, I don't know how long he's been in charge for. The offensive line is still questionable. I mean, yes, they have a couple of nice pieces, but overall it stinks. You know, the D-line is obviously uh, regressed. You look at it also, this is the the end result of his whole overall philosophy. It doesn't work. The constant trading backwards where they're giving up uh, a value just so they can get, uh, you know, his 15 picks per year. None of them work out. So it's it's such an indictment against this guy. And then you look at all of his first-round busts, uh, you know, Gladney, Treadwell, uh, Bradbury. And then on top of all that, you look at all the, the reckless trades where this guy doesn't have, like, it doesn't look like he has a plan where, you know, he's panic trading for – uh, Ngakwe, uh, Chris Herndon, who's the other guy? Uh, Kerry Vedvik, you know, years ago. It's just, but then, but then he's he's a spin master where you'll say, okay, I traded away my fourth round pick to get Kerry uh, Vedvik, wherever it is. But then he'll trade back in this year's draft and be like, oh, see, I got that pick back. But it's like I'm just so sick of it, uh, of the constant going backwards, the low expectations. Of course, Kirk was going to ball out today in the second half. There was no pressure on him. You know, the first half, I think I tweeted at you guys. 22 yards on 18 plays in the first half. Like right Not his fault. Half. Not his fault, Jonathan. It's, it was not his fault. It's never, it's never his fault. It's, me, it's never mediocre's fault. That's what I call mediocre cousins. So, <laughs> anyways, guys, keep up the great work as always. Thank you, man. Great. That's a great way to lead off there. Jonathan, yep. just bring bringing the heat right off the bat here. Can you, real quick here, Judd, can you, mm-hmm. I know you guys, you guys did an emergency episode yesterday when the Lock and Fora report came out. Yeah. From CBS that yep. the Vikings are looking to fire Mike Zimmer and potentially relocate Rick within the organization. Can you just real quick for this audience, add some color to that for us? Uh, yes. So, and we, we've basically been talking about this uh, potentially happening, I think since early in the week. Uh, but what it looks like and, and uh, Jason Lockenford, CBS sports reported this. 
Zimmer is now. It sounds like he has not been told yet, but basically knows he was he taking selfies on the 15 yard line with his son after the game. By the way, so. I also I also heard that he um, he basically told his coaches before today's game. I have not been informed, but we're going to be let go. Uh, the most interesting thing that that remains to be seen, though, is it remains to look like, and this goes back, Phil, to the early December Jeremy Fowler report. It continues to look like Rick Spielman will not be fired, but there's a very good chance he will be promoted up and out of the GM chair to like a president title of some sort, um, and a new GM will be brought in. The question is this, and this is what we don't know. um, How much say will Rick have in his replacement? And that's being debated, and it sounds like there's a chance that he is going to have a say in picking the GM, who I think then would pick the coach. But that's where things stand now. I, I would guess that at some point this evening, it will probably get out that Mike has been fired. Uh, the Spielman one, though, is where we don't know exactly how that's going to play out. Yeah. And so the, the Spielman thing is interesting because I, I get not, and we've talked about this, my God, since September. Like, I understand not wanting to just completely nuke your whole organization, right. fire a GM, fire a coach, and start from zero. And so. What the Wolves are probably discussing is how can we shake the tree without completely starting from scratch in the two most important, you know, figurehead positions to of the organization. So I think, you know, what I would wonder the most is will the new GM, even though technically they would be sort of underneath a president title that Rick Spielman might have, will they have full autonomy to build the roster however they want to? And is Rick just going to be basically a a highly titled internal consultant. Correct. Um, or I a president we'll of some sort who, who the GM would have, have to report to. And do you want Rick involved at all, Phil, with that job, especially picking the guy that replaces him? Cause then is that potentially a friend of Rick's? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty here. That's going to need to be cleared up in the coming days. That's really going to be important for how this organization charts its path. Yep. So that's the latest. That's the latest uh, from what Judd's hearing from the report that Jason Locke and Fora put out last night. And I'm sure probably before people go to bed tonight, there will be at least some news trickling out or reports or, or uh, credible speculation from some of the NFL uh, insiders. All right, Declan, who's next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Keenan. Keenan, what's up, man? Welcome to Ventline. Where are you calling from? Uh, I am in Cold Spring, Minnesota. Nice. Dude, that stash is just absolutely on point, man. Thank nice you, work. I appreciate that. Uh, so first, I want to start off. I'm I'm kind of glad we finished with a win, but also like not at the same time. Like I don't really know how I feel about it. Um, I'm bummed that we're gonna be drafting a little bit higher now, or sorry, lower. Um, what did you guys think of Zimmer's demeanor throughout the game? And are you guys kind of annoyed that we didn't go for JJ's record? Because I was pretty upset about that. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm very annoyed by the way the last like ten minutes of real time played out. I don't love like the 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 one play for sure that made zero sense is the second to last possession when the Vikings had like a third and fourteen or a third and fifteen and JJ needs what seventeen yards and they yeah. want to draw play to Wangwu. You know, I on on the last drive with a minute to go, all right, you know, the game is I mean the game's in hand with both those. But I, I understand the last drive, I guess, whatever, like you're just going to run the ball and take knees. But the second-to-last drive, and you have a third and 14 or a third and 15, you're going to run the ball in that situation. Just a total lack of 
I don't know, a lack of awareness, just a lack of like reading the room. You know, no one's going to mm-hmm. be mad. The Bears aren't going to be mad at you in that situation. It's third and 15. Throw. Yeah. In fact, you could argue you should throw a pass in that situation anyways if you're trying to ice the game to get a first down. And then, I, of course, I, like it's tough to be too mad at Kirk for throwing a touchdown pass to KJ Osborne, but you're already leading. This game does not matter. Or maybe yeah. they were tied at the time, whatever it was. This game does not matter. JJ is so close. He's 17 yards away from the record. He's wide open on the right side of the formation. And it's like Robot Kirk has locked into KJ Osborne. So I guess I was annoyed with with those two plays. Yeah. Um, and then I do want to make a rec- reckless speculation comment today. Love it. Guys, I seriously, I would love, I know it's probably not possible with the Seahawks, but I would love to see a Russell Wilson trade. I know it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a little out there. And then if that wouldn't work out, I really think Derek Carr is a very viable option that I think that they need to highly explore. So here's a, here's a little more reckless speculation to add to your reckless speculation. This is great, Keenan. <laughs> um, so I heard, I'm going to say third hand here. So this is very much reckless speculation. Okay. But third hand when it comes to Jim Harbaugh, Yep. That everyone thinks that he's fishing for the Bears job, that he's actually fishing for the Raiders job. And if he winds up getting the Raiders job, and it sounds like maybe this is all just, he's going to wind up just getting more money at Michigan. But if he does go to the NFL, it sounds like the Raiders are the team that he's looking at. He's going to want to keep Derek Carr. But Derek Carr has one year left in his contract. If they don't hire a coach that he likes or whatnot, he could easily be on the move. They might have no choice. Derek Carr's cap hit is $18 million next year, which is right now, what, $28 million less than Kirk Cousins' cap hit. Now, Derek Carr has flaws, but I love the way that teammates gravitate toward him. I love that he's so great late in games. So, I listen, he's got flaws, but I'm also a Derek Carr stand at the right price. I don't want to pay yeah, elite yeah. money for him, but at the right price. What do you guys think the odds are that we trade Kirk? Like, do you think that's possible? You think someone would be interested? Oh yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's going to, to depend on what the new GM and after that the coach think. Uh, but I think that there's a, I think people underestimate the market that will exist because teams are going to see the talent and think we'll fix them, like we can fix it. It's what yeah. the Vikings thought. Oh, oh yeah, some flaws, sure, some flaws. But yeah. um, I'm telling you. I really believe, and it might not get you the exact return, but I really believe that the Matthew Stafford trade draws a parallel. It yeah. draws a parallel because they are very similar. They're both good. And, again, if you're willing to take on a salary back, I think you could get a draft pick attached to that player as well as, as a high draft pick for Kirk. I mean, we know what we know about Kirk, and there's flaws there and problems there. But when you look at the desperation, I mean, heck, look at the Vikings in 2018, right? When you look Mm -hmm. at the desperation to fill that position, I think that you could trade him if he is willing to do an extension elsewhere and get a really nice lucrative return. Yeah, there's also, I saw an article on one of the local, like SI.com has some like different local extensions that I think our guy Pulford Skoll sent me this via DM. So Pulford, I'm I'm assuming that you're hanging out with us in there somewhere today, uh, that the Denver Broncos are definitely eyeing a discussion at the very least about a Kirk Cousins trade because they just, you know, George Payton has the connection. Again, some of this is we don't like with Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland with George Payton in Denver. 
we don't know, do those guys love Kirk? Do they not love Kirk? And so I guess we'll find out if those teams have interest. I just want I just want to say here to Keenan. You bring reckless speculation to the first 15 minutes of Vikings vent line, and uh, you deserve to be the surly beer hall call of the show here. As Sweet. Declan is holding up, look at that glorious little, can little extra of citra. surly. So you're going to get two appetizers. It's a night for four, so you and three friends, two appetizers for the table, four entrees uh, of your choice, three beers per person, and uh, we're talking over 30 beers on draft from the flagship Furious to vintage and experimental beers that you can only find in the Surly Beer Hall. It's a great place. They also have the Pizza Shack upstairs. So uh, congratulations, Keenan. You are the Sweet. Surly call of the show. Appreciate you guys so much. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, send an email, by the way, to uh, to Declan. Just send it at mm-hmm. dgoff at scorenorth.com, and he'll okay. connect with you on details, right? Sweet. Thanks, guys. Cool, man. Yep, right, that's you, Keenan. Keenan. Jumping wow. in here. Bringing the reckless speculation. Dude, like, that was great. That was that's I what we want it. this yeah. show to be here. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the game had some things, I yeah. guess, to talk about, but... This is a forward-looking show of Vikings Vent Line here. Uh, who's next? Who do we got next? Let's go to Luke. Luke, what's up, man? Welcome to Vent Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, Good man. Where are you calling from? Huge fan of the show. Uh, North St. Paul, Maplewood area. Cool. Right on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, classic Vikings. Just kind of coming back to win that game, right? Um, yeah, I think I'm definitely I'm really ready for just kind of a re- rehaul. Um, Bill's talked a lot about Doug Peterson. That's a name that would really excite me. Um, springing in like a new offense, I think, is really, really what this team needs. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're just not not getting it done with what we got right now. Um, need major changes. Um, love to see a new GM too, um, like you guys have been talking about on your show. So, let me ask you this: You bring up Doug Peterson, Luke. I yeah. ran a poll during the game. Let me find it here real quick. So. And, and Twitter only allows you four options. I know that there's way more than four coaching options, but I said if given these four options for a new Vikings head coach, who would you most prefer? 32% said Eric Bieniemy, 26% said Byron Leftwich, and then tied for last on this poll were Kellen Moore and Doug Peterson. And I find this interesting. I think people put more stock into the way that things ended in Philadelphia than the way that things peaked. Like he's the only dude on that list that's a been a head coach right. and b who has won a Super Bowl. And so I, I mean, yeah, does he have flaws? Did he regress maybe when Frank Reich left and took a job with the Colts? Did it end in a toxic fashion? Yes, but you bring you brought up Doug Peterson. So you know, why do you like him and and how would you compare him to other guys who are being floated out there? Yeah, um, you bring up a lot of good points. Um, I think that Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl is a cult. I mean, we really need that culture. So I'm going to kind of come in here. Um, I guess the guy like Kellen Moore just scares me a little bit because he's so young, doesn't have that experience. Um, Doug Peterson, I was looking earlier, he's, I think, had three winning seasons there. Made the playoffs three years. I mean, um, I think that's kind of what we need. Um, I would look for... Definitely look for an older guy more than um, someone younger right now, a veteran. If we didn't go Peterson, definitely a guy like Bien-Ami, um, Leftwich. I think we really should look for someone who's had success, kind of have proven in that that regard. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Luke, thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, thanks, guys. You, dude. So uh, Luke's in on Doug Peterson. I think the most important thing, and it's not the sexy thing, but I think the most important thing, though, first, GM. Let's find out the direction because that person is going to be the most important person 
in deciding on the coach if it uh, that job indeed changes, like I think it probably will. And that person is the person who we need to see, say, can you identify a quarterback? I, I mean, that's the thing. And then you need to bring in a coach who that person, wait for it, is on the same page with. I know that sounds incredibly weird, um, but I mean – I'm sorry. The headline from today is not Jefferson falling short of the record. It's not the game. It's the fact that Kellen Mond was inactive. Wyatt Davis was inactive for a meaningless exhibition game in which you had a chance to look at these kids, and they were inactive. That's the headline from, from this game, from the Vikings' perspective, because it that speaks to a complete breakdown in communication and work between the people that run football ops and the guy that coaches the football team. Yeah, and I think the questions there, especially with Mond, but also with Wyatt Davis, are, okay, those guys were third-round picks. Why in week 18, basically an exhibition game that means nothing, eight months after the draft, were those guys not even capable of being active? Active. You know, okay, maybe they don't start. Do they come in in the second half? And and some of this is Mike Zimmer being stubborn and wanting to – get as close to 500 as possible for his resume. But why are those guys not capable eight months after being drafted of playing in a meaningless football game? Is it that those guys just weren't doing a good enough job as professionals and keeping up with the playbook and, you know, whatever else physically goes into preparing to play on a Sunday? Is it, are they just whiff draft choices? Did Rick Spielman just completely whiff on those guys or did the coaching staff do a poor job developing and getting those guys ready and molding those guys? And it's probably some combination of all three, but I don't trust this coaching staff right now to have been molding young offensive players when they've been trying to put out fires all year with their own starters. Yep, and I I know that they came back and won, but also let's not forget the first half of this game, which was abysmal, was an invitation to get Cousins hurt. Totally. They were teeing off on Kirk the entire first half, and at that point in time, um, common sense says this makes no sense. We have to stop Uh, this. By the way, Mike Zimmer is speaking right now to reporters. Uh, he's uh-huh. very chippy. He's lashing out. We will keep you guys posted on the highlights. Oh, he's of lashing lights. out. He's lashing oh, yeah. out. Somebody. He doesn't. He said he doesn't care about records. When asked about Justin Jefferson getting close to Randy Moss, uh, he's he was asked about his job status. He has. It's, you know, he hasn't heard yet. It's not my choice. Not my decision. Then he claps back at the reporter. I haven't heard about your job status yet either. <laughs> but I knew what happened. No, I was there. I'm so missing this. Dude. You go ahead if you, you want to go. go down if you want. I mean, yeah, no, we can no, no, the no, 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 no. It's too late. Okay, okay. fine. Okay. All right, who, who's next? I'll watch Vikings vent line here. All right, I'll watch it. <laughs> Let's go to Tone. Tone, what's up, man? Welcome to vent line. Where are you calling from? From St. Louis. Nice man. What's going Louis. on, man? So I was wondering. Um, I get that Mike's the coach, and he can make the decisions on who's active and who's not. But wouldn't the smart GM force him? to have to activate a third-round pick. And then that got me to thinking, why wouldn't that conversation even be had? I'm thinking that maybe mine, for whatever reason, doesn't understand the playbook or the language. So it's not that Zimmer doesn't want to play him. He simply can't because the whole offense would have to change. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think you're – on to something it's I don't I don't want to put it all on Mon because we don't know and there's I mean there's really been there's been no you can't you can't watch him at practice if you're in the media the team doesn't talk about him Clint Kubiak doesn't talk about him on Thursdays when he talks to the media I think Mike Zimmer has been and Clint Kubiak 
and the entire offensive staff. I mean, they had a come-to-Jesus self-scouting week before the bye, like two weeks before the bye. I think they've been so caught up in trying to claw their way back to 500 and get in the playoff hunt and maximize the current offense that they just haven't had time to devote to developing Kellen Mond. Like, it's it's not like this well-oiled offensive machine and you can take an extra hour a week to... Like, do you think Mike Zimmer has spent even five minutes one-on-one with Kellen Mond this season? No. It took him four years to get with uh, Kirk Cousins, so... Correct. Exactly. So, I don't know, man. Um, Mike Zimmer, some more quotes here, by the way. I haven't heard anything about my job status. It's not my choice. Uh, he doesn't want to reflect today on the last eight years. He says that's something for another day. He also spent... I don't know, five, ten minutes just sort of sitting on the bench before the game today, like before mm-hmm. fans were even in the stadium. He just sat on the bench and kind of soaked in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, what would you what would you do, Tone? What would you do going forward here? New coach, quarterback, what would you do? Uh, personally, I would like to trade Kirk, Daniil, and Dalvin. They're hurt. They got good contracts and good value, and get in a veteran quarterback, maybe a Russell Wilson. And then you can use the extra space you'll have from getting uh, rid of the Daniel De- uh, Dalvin contract and maybe show up the offensive line, maybe get some cornerbacks. And then that's keep kind of rebuild on the fly. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for coming I, on. Dude. Appreciate it. So, yeah. um, I think the thing with Mondo is this. Mike doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, and that's the most important thing. Like, I'm not going to sit here and assume Kellen Mond is terrible and Zim did a great job and the kid fell short. He doesn't get that. That type of respect is reserved for coaches who care about both sides of the ball and who understand the importance of the QB position. So I'm not going to give Mike the benefit of the doubt in, in this case, guys, and say, well, I mean, come on. I mean, Mond might not be ready. And and the fact is, if Kellen Mond was not prepared because he does not get the playbook, uh, he can't run the offense yet by week 18, this falls on Spielman and Mike, not on Kellen Mond. Because Ke- Kellen Mond, yes, if he doesn't, that's too bad. But Kellen Mond's a young man who was drafted in the third round. And when you pull the trigger on that third-round pick, you know what? you got to be damn cocksure that you can develop said player, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and defend Mike and be like, well, he might have had his reasons. No. You have failed at this for how long now? You have ripped quarterbacks. Now today you're being you know snarky like like you won a game of importance when you basically caught cost your former employer soon a draft pick possibly eight draft positions. Okay, well I'm not going to give I'm not going to sit here and defend Mike on this. This is the type of BS that is going to get him dismissed tonight or tomorrow, and and I think he deserves to take the fall and the criticism in this case. It's tough because there's been times where I have absolutely backed him over the eight years where yeah. I, I do think he has had some great moments as a head coach. I mean, the, the, the work he did the first five years defensively was among the best in the NFL. But in the end, you're sort of seeing the ugly side of his coaching style and personality come out. When things get tough, he starts lashing out at media. He starts throwing players under the bus. You know, he's just... um. I don't think he is a leader of 53 men and an organization. And and maybe he was at one time five years ago, but whatever has happened, this is, this is sort of the worst side of his, of his personality and of his coaching abilities is what we're seeing here. And I'm just ready for it to be done. 
I wanted to, we don't have to crap yeah. all over it. it just no. I'm just ready for it to be done. I wanted to get this in before the press conference started, and honestly, I probably should have said it on write that down. But Because uh, I wanted to write that down, that Mike Zimmer would get choked up during this press conference. And apparently when he was asked about Anthony Barr, he's a guy that I respect an awful lot and seemed to get choked up when he was delivering that take from wow. Anthony Barr. Yeah, he's, got a, he's been an Anthony Barr ride-or-die guy. Oh, yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. Mm. All right, who's next? Let's go. <laughs> let's go to Jeff. Jeff, what's up, dude? Welcome hey, back. To how are you guys doing today? Good what's man. up, Jeff? Well, I tell you one thing. I, I sit out here in my man cave and I watch my TV that the Vikes made this year at the the Man Dungeon. Uh, very depressive <laughs> this year, and you know I'm I'm Judd's age, so I've seen a lot of uh, the Vikings over the years. Let's just say that I'm from the Sioux Falls, South Dakota area. Um, I tell you one thing. I don't want. Uh, whether it's, you know, Seattle's quarterback or Las Vegas, I want us to draft a young guy. Yeah. I want that cheap contract. I loved, you know, rooting for Culpepper, and I loved rooting for uh, Bridgewater. I want our own. I want mm-hmm. us to go young in our own, whether that's Mond or whether that's somebody this year, yeah. you know. I want so us Je- to go so, so, Jeff, because a lot of people would respond to you by saying, well – be careful what you wish for because you could get you could get a Christian Ponder. So how okay. how do you react to that? How I react is you know I remember the the Christian Ponder years as well. But we we still got in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean we just, can build yeah. a team around it. I don't care. I just want the chance to draft somebody that might get us over the finish line. I want the finish line. I'm tired of the Super Bowl. I want yeah. that. You know, it seems like there's been so much celebration of like, well, they're not a train wreck. You know, there's a lot of other teams that would trade places. Like, and you, it feels like Jeff and Judd know this more than I do, than Declan does. Like, it's been 60 years. There's no celebrating seven and eight win seasons. It doesn't matter. Seven wins might as well be three wins. It doesn't matter. I've cried a lot of times when we were 13 and three or whether we were three and 13 in our Steckler. I don't care. I bled with this team. Uh, we go traveling up there all the time support all of our wild and all of our, I mean, we are Minnesota as well. And it's a diehard family here. And uh, I'm just ready to win. I want to go over the finish line. That's it. That's it. Yep. And that's why you you need, or this team more importantly needs to find a GM who can do that and who can identify. The thing about it is drafting a quarterback is a great move if you do it right. And yes, that, that takes some skill and yes, that's tough. That's why, you get paid really well, um, and, and that might be a bad year that results in a good draft pick. That might be taking multiple picks of your own and trading up. But I mean, Absolutely. that's what. But to find the quarterback, you need the right person in charge of personnel, and I feel like that's where this whole thing is really largely hit a wall. So, and that's why point. I don't even want to reshuffle. You know, whether it's Coach Peterson and the new old GMs, I want some new ideas. I want to start looking forward. Instead of uh, reshuffling all this old junk, I want us to be aggressive. I hope the Wilfs just say, you know, we got a clean house all the way around, and let's uh, let's try somebody young that has some different ideas that might actually put us over that Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I'm just so tired of, yeah, well, you're still a loser fan, you know. Yeah, Jeff, I'm gonna oh, give yeah, Jeff yeah. The, the round of applause here, man. Thank Speaking you. on behalf of all of us, of the Judd generation of fans. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thank you, man. We'll hear from Jeff again, I hope. Um, let's keep it rolling here. Vikings Ventline, please click subscribe if you are watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Click the like button so we can spread the word 
about this therapy session here, even though they won today. Oh, yeah, they won today. That's great. Um, but uh, this is a look-ahead, look-forward show. How can they build back to being contenders at some point? What would you guys do? Coach, quarterback, GM, tell us what you would do. Let's go to Ian. Ian, welcome back to Bentland. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? What's Good up, dude. Ian? Not much. Well, I don't know. I just want to start out by saying that my heart goes out to Justin Jefferson. And I do really think that it is a big deal because this is the future of your team and this is your star player. And I mean, as much of a, you know, distraction, whatever, the Prashad Breland with the tweets and everything, I think this was a bigger middle finger to the fans possibly than we've seen all year um, when Zimmer just decided to take a knee on the, on the last play. And I'm just curious to know what the thought process behind that might've been like, are you not trying to injure your guys? Cause you played them in a meaningless game <laughs> the entire day anyway. Like um, I don't know. It's just, to me, it was like, you know, it felt like one last Zim putting his you know foot down and uh, my heart goes out to him because Zim might have not cared about that record, but I'll tell you something that the entire defense that played their tail off yeah. for, you know, the second half of that game. And it was so obvious that they were all rallying, trying to get him that record. They cared. So I don't know. It just, I think, underscores a big disconnect. There was, there was a lot today. I thought that, that there were like three or four things that I thought were Mike on his uh, horse leaving town with the with the extended digit um that was here's what i don't get to though so let's forget the second half when they didn't get him the ball a bit more to get what the i I think it was 17 yards short is that correct yeah um let's go back to the first half what the hell was that just from the whole i mean that was a disgusting display of not caring they were as checked out as you could possibly be i mean why wouldn't you have spent the week if if you were the offense coming up with a plan like like what's a win jefferson and the record right like that's a win like that's cool um as far as i know he's a well-liked kid he works his ass off like everything about that screamed let's get let's get the wins that we can get and i think it would have been a major win to have had a plan to celebrate we are Mm -hmm. going to get you that record so explain to me the first half was crap It, it was i thought it was unprofessional and that's the and that's one of the first times this year I thought they completely quit. I thought that team quit. Now now they came back and of course they they rallied. They you know, they came back with with the furious rally like my favorite hockey team used to, but that's a bunch of BS by that point. So I'm I'm much more I'm much more concerned about the entire thing and and just them being a team because being a team would have been to say let's focus on that record. That's a really cool thing. This kid deserves it. How can we do that? And instead, it becomes this story that they came up short. And and to your point, when Mike had the chance and Clint had the chance and probably Kirk to a certain degree, they sort of just like, oh, okay, we can't get it now. Uh, real, real quick here, too, on the, on the Zimmer thing. So Ben Gessling has a slightly more detailed account of the back and forth. So he said he knew Justin Jefferson was close to Randy Moss. So he knew that He was aware of the record, but, quote, I don't care about records. I care about wins. The follow-up question was, did Jefferson care about the record? And Zimmer said, quote, you'd have to ask him. So it's just more Mike Zimmer petulance here, and that's the disconnect. And this is where he loses, guys. Right? And Alex Boone has been very open about – Alex Boone played for Zimmer for a year and has been very open about this on the Tuesday episodes of Purple Daily, that 
Zimmer has this sort of my way or the highway. This is this is what we're going to do, whether you like it or not. And sometimes you have to do that as a head coach. But in today's case, a meaningless game. Justin Jefferson, you're going to play him. You're going to play him, so you might as well, you know, you you might as well have some fun and see if you can break a record. Right? He had the third fewest targets of the season. He had seven targets today, the third fewest targets. So again, you might not care about records, but your team cares about those things in the absence of a meaningful actual game in Week 18. And when you get up front, and it doesn't matter anymore. He's going to get fired sometime in the next 24 hours, so it doesn't matter anymore. But like, that is how you lose guys, and that is how. I mean, to me, that's a great example of why he's just not in tune with players as much as maybe he was a few years ago, or maybe he got away with it more a few years ago because their defense was so good. I don't know, but but that rubs me the wrong way. Today, though, was I, I'm being fired. I know it. Screw you. This was an entire thing. I mean, Kellen Mond, inactive, that's a screw you. You he he feels persecuted, and so he's going to get back. And and this is where Mike has gone, which is a shame. Um, it's not fair. It's not right. But if Mike ever had designs, in my opinion, of being a, a head coach again, the last few weeks have cost him that because Agreed. I would not hire him for a second. Given what I've seen is is uh, if you're not going to play my way, and if I'm going to be fired. I'm going to get you. And that's what he did to Jefferson. That's what he did to, did to Mond. Um, and again, I think the first half where this team quit was basically them saying, whatever, bleep you. And I think the sad part too, again, and um, Judd, I think you brought this up, is that Mike Zimmer for the first part of his tenure was a very good coach and he was bringing fresh ideas to the team. And, you know, all of that seems to just get more and more buried, you know, I mean, especially as the season has gone on and then you just put this exclamation point on it. And to me, it's baffling that um, as a coach, you know, from his perspective, it's like, okay, you've got your way of doing things. I understand that. And, you know, it's your way or the highway, but, you know, for this fan base, like we, I, I think up until this season, we sort of looked at him as one of the greatest Vikings coaches of all time, you know, in, in a top five conversation for sure. And, you know, just to like sort of go out on that note, I mean, you could have gone completely the other way and uh, and he just didn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Ian, great stuff, man. Thanks Thank for coming. You guys. On. I appreciate it. Vikings event line here, by the way, I think I'm seeing this correctly. So the Steelers won. The Colts got smoked by the Jaguars today. I think if the Raiders and Chargers tie tonight. Then they both get in, and the Steelers are out. I know that's not going to happen, but like, could those two teams get together and say, "Let's just take knees for three hours oh on national TV on NBC tonight"? If we tie, we're in. Let's just let's just take knees, zero zero, going to <laughs> overtime. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh no, I can't. But I'm here it's a fun it. thought. I like the thought. I think they're probably going to actually play football. I think your heart's right. in the right place on this. Uh, who's next? Declan Vikings Valon. Let's go to uh, loyal listener Ben in Florida. Ben, what's up, man? What's up, Ben? Hey, um, hey, real quick on the um, the Chargers and Raiders games. I'm with you. I don't see that happening. I can see Goodell stripping the owners of their teams <laughs> if they do that. Um, but first of all, I just want to say, Score North, you guys do a fantastic, fantastic job of looking 
at the Vikings through the eyes of winning a championships. And I don't understand why you get so much flack and hate from some fans on the, on that front. And number two, Mike Zimmer, look, it ended poorly, but I, this is just me. I think that Zimmer has a potential case to go into the Vikings ring of honor when it's all said and done. I think he's the third best coach in franchise history. And we're not going to remember all the bad stuff. We're going to talk about, hey, remember third, remember 2017 when they had that, when they won 13 games that had a dominating defense, you know, two division titles. We're going to remember that. And number two, I am low-key sick of these diehard Kirk Cousins fans. I'm tired of them. They come up with everything of reasons that the Vikings shouldn't trade Kirk Cousins. I'm like, dude, did you not watch the first half? And they said, well, the line couldn't block. It doesn't matter. That's a pattern. I'm sick of Kirk Cousins fans. I'm sick of them. I, I'm tired of those people. So, you know, just – and they say, well, you know, we could lose – well, we could have a Christian Ponder. You know, for every Christian Ponder, there's a Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson. You know, just draft a guy and try it out. They they act like Kirk Cousins is their only solution to the quarterback – to the to their quarterback problems, and I low-key do not like that mm-hmm. at all. That is a – defeatist attitude I yeah there's a there's a few common traits among the people that just die on a hill every week for Kirk Cousins and one of the biggest ones is they think that if you if you protect him and if you give him weapons and if you give him a defense then see look what he can do and it's like yeah but you could literally apply that logic to any quarterback in the NFL and mm-hmm. that's not the reality of how the NFL works especially in the hardest games on the road against the toughest teams the playoffs you're not just going to get three hours of a magically clean pocket and perfect circumstances. Mm-hmm. If 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 you're paying a quarterback 20% of your team's salary cap and he can't rise above pressure, he can't extend a play with his legs, he can't put a team on his back on the road against a playoff team, right? Like maybe even two, three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. then I would rather get cheaper at that position and build out the rest of my roster. I mean, it's like there's nothing to even debate anymore. No one's saying he's garbage. No one is saying that he's not yeah. accurate or that he's not capable. Mm-hmm. He's just not worth 20% of the salary cap. You can't win a Super Bowl when your roster is constructed this way. And I think the Vikings are showing you that the last two years on the field. Like, it's right in front of you. Yeah, I, I just... They have, they have decided in their minds that it, moving on from him is the worst thing that can happen to the franchise when it's actually the opposite. Yeah, it's what act- are you like? What are you clinging to? Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's like, well, well, you better be careful what you wish for. Oh, my God, what, the Vikings might be below 500 for two years? Wait. The Cincinnati Bengals moved on from Andy, Andy Dalton, and they got Joe Burrow. Come yeah, on. Smart move, huh? Give, uh, but, give, me, give, me, just, give me a break. Give me a break, man. Here's the problem, though. They The Cousins stands think that this is all about Kirk. It's not. I am in favor of major changes here. Mm-hmm. I So so it's not just, uh, well, get rid of Kirk and you're going to win a Super Bowl. No, no, no. Yeah. Coach, coach has to go. I think the GM has to be changed, if not just, you know, Rick just flat out goes. Kirk needs to go. Um, and then you got to look at a lot of players that this town likes. Mm-hmm. And some of them have to go too, so so like this is a I, I think I think there's this weird fixation on well let's just talk about Kirk no mm-hmm. I'm talking about this thing didn't work for the last four years 
it didn't work. Kirk was a piece of the puzzle that needs to be eliminated. I agree with that. But I'm also, as much as people complain, I'm talking about you got to take a long, hard look at Thielen, at Harrison Smith, um, at Dalvin Cook, at a lot of guys. I, I mean, the one, you know, there are a few guys here, i.e., Justin Jefferson, who's magnificent and should get a long term contract and hopefully stay a long time. But there's a lot of guys who are very good who might be at the end here. Um, so, so like this is not just a Kirk debate. This is a debate about the entire construction of a roster that I think, in lots of different ways, has grown older and stale. Yeah, and, oh, and just and just, and just one final one final thing, um, Judd. I think you mentioned the other day about um, Spielman having a hand in saying who gets to be the GM, and we can certainly think that's that's definitely questionable there. Um, I will say though, in defense of the Wills. That is a decision they have to get right. So if I don't have a problem with them leaning on Spielman for that, if they don't feel that they're going to get the decision right, because what you don't want to have is what Glenn Taylor did in Minnesota for a long time. So I, I applaud the Wills for leaning on people who know football to make, help them make football decisions. Because I think we've seen in other franchises around the NFL where the owners all willy nilly making decisions and it hurts the franchise. So yeah, that's just, that's uh, Ben in Florida. One of our uh, longtime favorite callers here on Vikings vent line. We'll talk again soon, Ben. See you buddy. Sure. All right. Vikings vent line here presented by Surly also presented by Livia because that's the company that's helped judge shed over 30 pounds. That's exactly right. My friends at Livia weight control centers have helped me go from approximately 240. I am down around 208, so 30-plus pounds on my way down to 200 pounds, and I will stay there. And when it comes to dropping the weight, there is no better feeling than saying, I did it. Take the Livia. I did it eight-week challenge and get your first eight weeks for free. That's right, first eight weeks for free. Now, just as an example, I lost in my first eight weeks 26 pounds. So we're talking about lose 26 pounds for free. Uh, call today, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, or visit Livia.com, Livia.com. And again, first eight weeks for free, down 26 pounds myself in that time. Imagine in March having dropped all that weight and not having written a check yet or paid with your cash card or however you pay these days. Livia. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Some, Some interesting, interesting comments from Kirk Cousins here. He is currently at the podium speaking to the media. So he did say on the touchdown pass to K.J. Osborne where Justin Jefferson was wide, like literally broken coverage, wide open on the right side for a touchdown and the Randy Moss record. He said, if I could hit the reset button, I'd try to hit Jefferson and get the record and the touchdown. So he does feel bad about that. He also, according to the Pioneer Press, he declined to answer when asked if he wants Mike Zimmer back and says the noise may be loud for you guys regarding rumors on Mike Zimmer's future. Hmm. Wait, so he said the noise, so he wouldn't say what his preference was, but just said. No, and again, I'm reading, I'm reading quotes. Okay, I'm, I'm not watching this right now. Right, right, right. Talking with you jokers. I hear you. But I am reading quotes, and well, I mean, uh, Chris Thomason said, oh, here's an, oh, so, yeah, Chris Thomason again said, Cousins won't answer directly when asked if he'd be willing to do anything with his contract with a $45 million cap hit, of course he eating won't. up 22% of the cap reiterated that he wants to remain a Viking. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, he wants to be a Viking. But you can't be a Viking if you're going to take up that percentage of the cap and be I just work here guy. So 
something's yeah, got to give there. And let's not let's not put too much credence in things that we hear today on players. Um, what's is Kirk going to say? Hey guys, guess what? I want out. I desperately want out. Like he's not going to say that to today. I, I saw a report. Um, I Jefferson think it was might. from. <laughs> I think it was from uh, Ian. Rappaport that that the Browns are planning to stick with Baker Mayfield. Of course they are. That's what they're going to say today. Like they're not going to be like, "Hey, we're going to bail on on yeah, Baker." He's they need so, to keep his trade value up. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. So like Cousins is not going to tip his hand. The Browns aren't, and so I, I just don't put any any um, weight in things that are being said right now regarding players like Cousins, Baker Mayfield, etc. Oh, man, the Vikings beat writers are so, are so salty right now. Uh, this is hilarious. So uh, one more thing, and then we'll get back to, to Vikings fans running the show here today. But Jason Lizer, uh is it Jason Lizer? He covers the Bears. Bears coach Matt Nagy's closing message to the media was that Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback with a very bright future. And uh, our guy, Andrew Kramer, one of the founding fathers of Purple Daily, by the way, when it was a weekly Purple podcast seven years ago, Star Tribune, he said, Mike Zimmer's closing message to reporters was great second half. Let's talk about everything else later. <laughs> I think ever I think Zimmer is sick of the reporters. The and reporters sick are sick of Zimmer. This is I've it's seen been this play eight out before. Years. <laughs> eight years is a long time. It's a really long time. Oh my god! All right, who's next? Vikings Ventline. Let's go to Matt. Matt, what's up, man? Welcome to Ventline. Wow. Um, wow, I wasn't expecting to get pulled on. Uh, the first thing I want to say to those, you guys, Those headphones are rocking. You got the yeah. green there? Thank like you. Seahawks green. Good luck. Yeah, yeah I'll, although, you know, screw the Seahawks because they always beat us up until this year. Like the one year that I knew we weren't going to do anything, we finally beat the Seahawks. But uh, yeah, I, the first thing I want to say is like, thank you guys for doing what you guys are doing. Like I just discovered you this year. And like I spend like way too much time obsessing about this team. And when I first found, found you guys' podcast, I was like, they're saying exactly what I've been saying about this team for years. Like I gave up on this stupid quarterback about <sighs> the bears game in 2019, when he was throwing a hissy fit in show soldier field, like throwing the ball into the freaking turf and like going over to the sideline. He looked like a little kid that that wasn't getting his way. You know, like, and that's what he is when he's at his worst, is he looks like a little kid who's not getting his way. And <sighs> my wife just walked in and she's giving me a look. Um, <laughs> she, she knows that I, she knows that I listen to you guys Tell your wife, this is a therapy session. She needs to respect, <laughs> respect your space here. It's free okay. of charge, too, man. Yeah, no I'm, deal. I'm drinking a beer that I'm pretending is a surly. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, like I, I wanted to talk about analytics real quick. Cause I, I do analytics a little bit for, for my work. I have a, I have an MBA and, and, you know, with, with, uh, sports statistics, cause I like the Kirk stands are always using analytics to defend Kirk. Like PFF loves Kirk for whatever reason. It is a little and weird. It, it's it's weird. And like with level one, the analytics goes level one, level two, level three, level four. And level one is basically like your box score, right? It's like that's your where 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 you produce like you know 
went one for three for the day or you're, you know, 24 for 25 in your passing or whatever. Yeah, that'd be like, like the 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns is like your level one box score. Exactly. Your, your level two is where you're, you get into a little bit more like, um, I'm, the, the name for it is, is, is leaving me right now, but the, your level two is basically where you get your quarterback rating and your ESPN QBR or your, your, your PFF grade. Your level three is where you really make your money. That's where you get your wins above replacement, your win shares and stuff like that. In football, we don't have that, mm-hmm. right? And that's where we get all these bad quarterback contracts. And I think that that's what they just got wrong with Kirk Cousins because they saw all the level one and the level two stuff, but they never were able to correlate it with, okay, he actually improves the team by this many wins. Like, look what, what happened with Matthew Stafford when he went to the Rams. And Stafford's deeply flawed. I don't think he's going to win three playoff games to get to a Super Bowl. But he could win one or two, get him to a conference championship game, and, you know, maybe the ball breaks his way, they, they make an appearance. I don't know. But, like, he's, he's, he improved that, that team by, what, three, four wins? versus what Jared Goff was doing last year, that shows that he's got that much value to it. And so we do need to talk about quarterback wins, maybe not from a, as a, as a st- statistic, but basically to show that there is that this, this disconnect between the level two and the level three. And so that's what, like, when I keep talking, keep, keep looking at, like, all the Kirk stands trying to defend him all the time, I just think to myself, you know, like, they just want to quote numbers to sound smart and they just want to quote numbers to say that this guy's good because we haven't seen a quarterback just be competent for a sustained amount of time since I would say like Dante Culpepper. I know we had that flash in the pan with, with, with Brett Favre for a season. And I, for me, like the rec- going into the reckless speculation, I don't want to trade for somebody else's cast off. I don't even want to Russell Wilson. You know, he's been injured the last few years. He's lost a lot of his mobility. Um, he was a top three, top five guy for a while. I don't know that he's a top five guy anymore. I think that he's maybe more down, down around like a top eight, top seven, top eight. Like, can you prove to me that Russell Wilson over the course of a season is more valuable than Dak Prescott yeah I I don't I don't know that you can Matt this is great stuff thank you definitely need to get you on again sometime love the analytical takes thanks for jumping on um just to unpack some of this on Russell Wilson that's such a long shot I mean I do I do think he wants out of Seattle but I think he he had a, a very specific list of four teams that his agent floated out behind the scenes last year did not include the Vikings uh the Saints were on that list the Raiders were on that list uh, the Cowboys, but I don't think they're moving off Dak for Russell Wilson. But the, the, like to his to his point about like the three different levels of sort of analytics or statistics. Um, I'll give you one here that's on sort of level two, right? Just passer rating. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Kirk is, I think he's tied with Drew Brees now for the fifth highest passer rating in NFL history. And now, obviously, like the rules in the last ten years cater more toward modern quarterbacks and you're just going to see more passer ratings bloated now compared to 20, 30, 40 years ago. But of the top 15 all time passer rating quarterbacks, Kirk cousins is the only one that's not above 500 after day, uh, after today's win, he's now 59, 59 and two. I get that quarterback wins. Aren't the most ironclad stat, 
But the fact that he has played in 120 career games as a starting quarterback and his teams are not above 500, you have to ask yourself, is he the unluckiest quarterback of all time? Or is he the common denominator and there are things that you don't quantify with stats that he is deficient at that prevent his teams from winning more often than they do? And I tend to believe that, and some of them are right in front of your eyes, like the way that he performs late in the games, the way that he performs against pressure or blitzes, uh, the way that he can't win in prime time, like all these things. You can't just keep blaming everything else around him when he has been the common denominator on mediocre 500-ish teams for 10 years. What I find to be really intriguing, too, is, and I wonder now, in, in retrospect, in 16 and then into especially... 17, how much these guys actually scouted Kirk because it doesn't take a long time of watching him to realize the good and the bad. Um, and he is a statistically proven QB. I also think it becomes very crystal clear, unless you are a huge fan of his in particular, that he is not a winning player. Um, he's just not. And, and that doesn't take a, a, a stat. That is with your eyes. You can see there are some guys who, who have the it factor and there are are some guys that don't. And Kirk lacks that. I, I mean, he clearly lacks that. Um, and, and I'm t- talking about scouting him on the sideline. I'm talking about watching him um, in press conferences. I'm talking about everything that you see. And, and I'll go back to what I, I've said since I think almost day one. He is playing the role of a position, how he thinks it should be played by an actor. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's, high floor, he's high floor, low ceiling guy. He's a Toyota Camry. You know, going to get you some good gas mileage. Reliable car. You know, it's probably not going to break down as often as other cars. You can probably drive it for 10 years and be mm-hmm. yeah. pretty, pretty satisfied. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're probably not going to win a NASCAR race. You know, I mean, Pat Mahomes might crash more often, but he's also going to drive 210 miles an hour around a corner when he needs to. Right? And he's got, he's got the factor, man. I mean, Pat Mahomes has the it factor. He's gravitated towards by his teammates. People like him. Um, he... he is a guy who, when he's going well, is unbelievable. And look, I mean, Kirk's just not. Uh, Kirk would need to be, the thing with Kirk personality-wise, is to, is for him to be, like, ultra successful, he would need to be Rodgers. He would need to be, because Aaron's a weird dude, too. I'm not going to, you know, try and sit here and spin him as being Mr. Normal. He's definitely not. Uh, but he's so good. He's so good that he overcomes the deficiencies of his own personality type. Uh, and if Kirk had that, he'd be great. He'd be fantastic. Terry, but that's a Terry, Sh- Terry Schmidt in the YouTube comment section here on the screen. <laughs> Kirk brings a gated community yeah. attitude to a street fight. That's a great line. That's a pretty good way to put it. Uh, Vikings vent line here. Click subscribe if you are watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And click the like button, please. It helps spread the word about this show as we look to grow it and grow this community of Vikings fans. As we say every show, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And so... You know, some people get a little shocked that we're too negative or too critical. It's like, we, we want solutions here. It's been 60 years. It's time to win a championship. You know, it's probably not going to happen in 2022, but let's take some steps in the right direction to start building this thing back to where it needs to be. Clock is ticking for me, so I'm not happy about this. Another <laughs> year now, another year down the toilet, no playoff berth. I'm just telling you right now, 53 next year. <laughs> Yeah, 53 going on 70. Uh, that's Judd. All right, who's next? Vikings Let's go to Evan. Evan, what's up, man? Not too much, guys. How are you? What's Good up, day? dude? Not too much, man. Um, 
you know, I, I, really what Ben said earlier in the show was really, really touched me because I was reading some of Mackie's tweets during the during the game, and I'm seeing everybody's comments like, just enjoy the game. Why can't you just watch this game and, and not rip on Kirk? Like, you're so bad. And in my opinion, I was just like, what are you defending? Are you def- you're defending an 8-9 and nine team that's not good enough that in its current state has no projection to get any better. There was nothing that we saw throughout the, this season or this game because the first half of this game was absolutely terrible. And if Chicago didn't give us the ball three straight times in their end of the field on fourth downs, this game could have been over. So I, I didn't understand them, uh, you know, people trying to defend this current regime. I don't want to give too much of what I want because I think I'm on Vic Ventline. Um, or not Ventline. Uh, write this down this upcoming week, so I have cool. my my takes on my predictions. I'll be throwing my touchdowns there. But this this regime is just is just over. I mean, you know, I, I was looking at the Texans box score and Davis Mills, who was I think either one pick or two picks right after mine. He threw for three thirty one and three touchdowns against Tennessee, who's the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, I'm not saying Kellen Mond could have done that today, but if somebody who's drafted two picks after Kellen is able to go out there and throw for 303 touchdowns and he can't even get active, I mean, that's either that's a huge indictment on this franchise, either one, to pick him, or two, to not get him prepared to at least be able to play this exhibition game against Chicago. Yeah, it's just more evidence that it's not working as currently constructed. Looking forward to your uh, to your swings on Wednesday, man. Hell yeah, man. We'll oh, see yeah, you Wednesday. Sure. I guess. That's Evan. Gonna gonna bring his takes to write that down. I this love week. that. I'm withholding them. That's awesome. That's right. It's a, a pro tease, play, man. It's a That's pro a play. Total get it guy right play there. Line. That's a get it guy right there. I could <laughs> tell you what I think, but I'm gonna withhold those for my predictions on Wednesday. Uh, Justin Jefferson on not getting the record. Quote: I'm not really tripping. Um, I said that so nerdily. I'm not really. Not really tri- I'm not tripping. really tripping. Um, I'm not really <laughs> tripping. I'll no try problem. to get it another time. He said. Yeah. No. Oh. That's a man that knows change is coming. Yeah. Because I'm guessing he wouldn't be that calm and polite if he thought everyone's coming back. Yeah. We'll keep you guys posted if anyone else says something controversial. Don't Who's next on Vikings Ventline? See if I can get, uh, is Dan your camera? Looks like it's loading. In the meantime, we'll try to get that working. Let's go to Wyatt instead. Wyatt, what's up? And you're on Ventline. How are you? Doing good. How are you guys? Good, dude. Yo. Um, a couple of things. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of worried, like if we move off Kirk, what will happen? And I get that. I was actually at uh, Christian, one of Christian Ponder's games his last season at Florida State. I'm from Florida and everything. And uh, I'm, this is a true story. I'm not making it up. By the end of the game, the entire crowd was chanting, F you, Ponder. Oh. And uh, <laughs> so when I was like, whoever drafts that guy is uh, is pretty screwed. And of course, it ended up being us. <laughs> so, okay, okay, wait. So you said that happened at his last college home game? It was at one. I don't think it was his last one, but it was at one his senior season. Okay, that reminds me of that movie. What's the Coster movie? Draft Day. Yeah. Right where you know he fi- he he finds out that that star quarterback that nobody went to his birthday party. Right. Like, well, why would no one go to his birthday party? He must be a bad leader. He doesn't he doesn't connect with his teammates. Right. If I'm yeah. the Vikings. Do you think the Vikings knew, Judd, do you think the Vikings knew that Florida State fans were chanting F.U. Ponder when he was in college? Because uh, that's something I would want to know. I, like Kevin yeah. Costner would pick that up and be like, wait a second. Yeah. Why do people hate this guy? 13-year-old <laughs> me could have told you. 
<laughs> I'm guessing that the Vikings knew it and thought, we'll fix them. We'll fix this guy. <laughs> we'll fix everybody. <laughs> that's, that's um, the, yeah, yeah. The other thing was, do so with Chris Collinsworth and Aqib Tlaib this week, I mean, have they watched a single Vikings game? I mean, I this season I felt like I'm on Groundhog Day. But it, instead of every day being the same, every week I just see Garrett Bradbury get forklifted off the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and um, Collinsworth and Tlaib have both mentioned how great our offensive line is and how good of a player Bradbury is. And I'm just like, what are you guys watching? But, um, but yeah, as far as moving forward this offseason, I think we're in a kind of a unique position. And I think Judd was right. I think this game was like a huge screw you from Mike Zimmer. I mean, no rookies playing. He was like, you guys are not going to get a good draft spot. And I'm going to make sure Justin Jefferson doesn't get that record. There are like three or four things, like he said. Um, But I think we are in a good position. I I think there's like three head coaches I would be okay with. Kellen Moore, Doug Peterson, and Eric Bieniemy. But uh, yeah, I I was curious what you guys thought about that moving forward. Who would you want? And what do you think uh, the best scenario would be this offseason? Yeah, Wyatt, thanks for coming on, man. Great stuff. That's great intel on Christian Pike. Could, could have used yeah, that one I be, about I, 10 And years I believe uh, who, it wasn't Geno Smith. Uh, EJ Manuel. He was the quarterback that success ponder at Florida State. Because I, I honestly, I remember that like seven, eight years ago, doing, like, going down a YouTube wormhole because EJ Manuel was a quarterback after Ponder. And they were like booing Ponder in his last few starts to get EJ Manuel on the field. Thank God. It's we amazing. turned him around. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, it's so it's so hard to sit here and say, I for sure want this guy as the next head coach, because they all come with a pretty significant level of risk, right? Like any coordinator that you would hire that doesn't have any experience, right. a Biennemi or a Kellen Moore, right, has at least a fifty percent chance, if not more, of just not being able to handle being a head coach. And that's kind of why I keep gravitating toward Doug Peterson, even though he's not really a sexy name. And the way that things ended in Philadelphia were a disaster and a red flag. But he won a Super Bowl with a young quarterback and then Nick Foles coming in in December and through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think while there might be some other guys, like like the idea of Kellen Moore, or the he's 33, 34 years old, the idea of a 41-year-old Byron Leftwich being your 15-year guy, your John Harbaugh, your Sean Payton, your Mike Tomlin is very appealing. Those guys also have a, a percentage of you know chance to flame out that's probably higher than Doug Peterson. So yeah. I don't know. I guess gun to the head, give me Byron Leftwich. A lot of people rave about Byron Leftwich. Alex Boone has wave, raved about Byron Leftwich. Give me Byron Leftwich, and I'll take my chances. Um, but I, w- I would not fault them for going the Doug Peterson route. What about you guys? I want a guy that brings in an offensive mind – um, or has one himself that lends itself to the National Football League in 2022, which this offense does not right now, mm-hmm. um, who who realizes that while the run game is important, it's not the be-all, end-all, um, that you, you have a special receiver in Jefferson and a depth chart now that might be pretty damn good. Like, like this could be good, uh, that brings in a smart defensive mind and and – this is a tough one in football. The most important thing to me right now, somebody who gets it and is open-minded to changes. Um, because, I mean, what we've seen with Mike is stubborn. He's, he's a petulant child, and he's going to be stubborn, and he's going to do it his way. And if you don't, there's going to be a price to, to pay. And, you know, Phil, in 1994, that worked perfect. That's awesome. 
but it doesn't know. And so I really think what you need is a coach that understands, adapts, and and understands the game, understands how to manage a clock, and most importantly, and this is what this team lacks completely right now, a coach and GM who understands something about people. I can't tell you how important I think it is that these guys have no people skills. Mm-hmm. Zero. Brad Childress, also deficient there. Um, I don't think you can operate now in pro sports with zero people skills. Yeah. I think you could at one time. I don't think you can now. You got to connect with guys. And you got to connect and you've got to understand that different people need different things. And how do you get that? And if you don't get that, if you don't care about that, you are, you are creating major problems that are completely unnecessary. So that's my feeling. Yeah. Declan, you're Kellen Moore all the way right now. All the way. I, he's my number one. Uh, Peterson's probably a close second, but I, I love what Kellen Moore has done with Dallas. I, I, I want to get him in here immediately. And I think the writing on the wall that Byron Leftwich goes to the Jacksonville is just inevitable. I think Byron Leftwich to Jacksonville just makes too much sense. Yeah, that's uh, – God, they, uh, they, look, they looked a lot better today. This is the first time they've looked like that all season, blowing out the Colts and ending their season. Hired it. I hear Bev. He's Bev's a like a, like Bev. Bev can actually connect with people. It sounds like it sounds like uh, Urban Meyer is another one of those sort of sociopathic. Weird. Oh, yeah. My aware of the highway coaches. Who's next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Nick. Nick, what's up, dude? Welcome hey, to what's Ventline. going on, guys? What's up, Nick? Hey, so we made it through the eight years of Zimmer. Got to the end of it. Uh, definitely some highlights. More low lights here the past four years since we had Kirk. Sorry, my my pup. Trying to get on the oh, camera here. Oh, oh, this is a dog friendly show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice year of the Vikings for her. Hopefully, oh. we'll turn around next year. Oh, her. Sorry about uh, that. Who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? Who wants to sit Seven and five year ourselves. So, get a rough first sports year, but we'll turn it around. Um, anyways, I'm on the Doug Peterson train for next year. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, so I feel like I was there for 17, unfortunately. I went to a Philly bar for the NFC title game, so it wasn't the best experience for me there. Got booed out at halftime anyways. <laughs> um, but anyways, I think we need a you know head coach um, that has prior experience. He won a Super Bowl. I think the risk is just too high going with somebody like a Kellen Moore or Leftwich. Even the enemy having you know Andy Reid over top of them um, and then Bruce Arians over top of Leftwich down in Tampa. Um, so definitely think we need somebody with head coach experience. Um, so Peterson would be my guy. Um, and then if we wouldn't go that route, I would probably go with Dable and Buffalo just because he's running the offense there with McDermott being a defensive guy um, and the ability that he had to develop Josh Allen, um, I feel like could pay off for us here. So yeah. let me know your thoughts on that. Yeah. No, Nick, thanks for, thanks for jumping on, man. Appreciate it. Anyone who brings their dog into the show too, automatic Gets credits. Gets Who's, huge a credit. Who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? It's a tough season, but it'll get better. <laughs> Um, no question about it. Yeah. Brian, Brian Dabble or Dable is another, is another one that keeps popping up too. And, it's a lot of these guys have sort of similar attributes where okay they they helped develop a young quarterback or they were associated with a great quarterback like Leftwich and and Tom Brady um, and the thing that we don't know is when those guys move from coordinator role where there's leadership involved but ultimately you're not the guy that's overseeing everything mm-hmm. to a head role. Mm-hmm. Who are the best leaders? It's it, it becomes a lot less about X's and O's and tactical things, and those things are important too. Yep. It's about culture setting, and it's about hiring, and all these other things it, that these guys maybe ha- have no experience with. 
And this is why it's so important and imperative that you team the right GM with the right coach. Because I don't think it can all be dumped on, or I, I don't think it's smart, unless your name is probably Bill Belichick, to dump this all on one person's plate. Um, what we saw this this year and what has created some problems is this clear disconnect between GM and coach. Like we saw that at work a lot. Yeah. And and when you have two people fighting for their own personal survival in their job, uh, instead of instead of trying to serve the team, they're basically trying to serve their own agenda. You have problems and that's a really bad place to start. So this is why I go back to Phil. I think the GM is so incredibly important because it's not going to be a name that jumps off the page. It's not going to be like, oh, I know this football guy. But that football guy is go. It's going to be extremely important that he can then identify the right coach and that they can work in tandem, not. Uh, pulling apart, which is what I think by the end it felt like Rick and Mike were doing, pulling apart. By Justin Jefferson on Kirk Cousins, he was just asked about Kirk Cousins. Quote, things ain't always perfect with us, but he's the reason I have this many yards. <laughs> just a ringing endorsement. Oh, God. That's not, yeah. yeah. It's exactly what all of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers' receivers say about them. Yeah. Although Greg, Je- Greg Jennings has been pretty vocal about how Aaron Rodgers is kind of a narcissist. So... Some of those yeah, guys. But he's a good one. He's yeah. good at it. <laughs> he's a good narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Devontae right. loves him for that. All right, who's next? Vikings vent line. Let's go to Rico in Denmark. Rico, What's up, Rico? Rico? How you doing? Good, man. Oh, long on? time listener. First time caller. Thank you. Dude, thanks um, for coming out. What, what, what time is it in Denmark right now? Oh, it's about 11.08. Okay. okay. All right. Not so it's, yeah, it's about midnight. Uh, yeah, I've been listening. I've been following John ever since the trip. Um, wow. From over here, it's really hard to get any sort of info out in the early internet days. So I've been following you guys ever since that. So awesome. What I was thinking about was the, um, the head coach, the search of the head coach. Now, in what... Well, we call football over here, and you guys call soccer. My soccer coach is the best one in the world. And what makes him great is he has absolutely no ego. No ego whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, he says he doesn't do any of the, um, the day-to-day sort of thing. He, has, he knows how to hire really, really good coaches beneath him. And I think that's the key. I think it's the same thing when you guys, you know, when you had work. You're at work, you want, a, you want a nice boss. You want somebody to motivate you, and you want somebody to pat you back when you're doing good and pick you up when you're doing bad. And I think that's the way to go. I'm not, I mean, the offensive coordinator in Dallas, he seems really, really smart, but he's a good coach. He's a good motivator. He's a, he's a leader of men. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the hard part. A lot yeah. of these guys... And, and there's there's a great article actually on the ringer.com this week by Kevin Clark that lays out just how flawed the NFL's hiring cycle has been. And and he's not talking about like the racial disparity because that, that's a thing too. But he's talking about every year coaches get fired around the same time. And this yep. year they did, they did provide an extra two-week buffer. If you wanted to do interviews the last two weeks, you could. But most teams chose not to. And then it's this rush to interview the top coordinator candidates and, it, and it's like, it's so fast, right? You might get to spend a day with someone or do like maybe two interviews, but you're kind of like whoever you just fired, the Matt Nagy's of the world, right? 
you're basically taking a similar swing and flipping the same coin as you did the last time. How do you find out if Kellen Moore is truly a great leader of men over, let's say, a Zoom call and then maybe a face-to-face for a couple hours? You can't. You don't. Right? I don't know what the solution is, but I know that you that like spending a couple hours with somebody is probably not enough time to figure out if they can manage a crisis in the locker room. Right? Take them out for a drink. Figure it out. You know, it's... Hey, get him drunk, actually, is always that's a, not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, is he, right. he, if he gets, if he gets weird after a couple good stories, yeah. <laughs> if he gets weird after a couple old fashions, then uh, then he's out. I'll give him a surly. Yeah. Give him right. a surly or two. He'll be happier. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, real quick, uh, Rico, how did you become a Vikings fan? Um, my, dad, my dad's aunt um, moved to Minnesota and start of the century or something. And uh, she used to send my, me a dollar every Christmas back in the 70s. Uh, she died at one point. But I think at one point she gave me like um, a sock maybe or something that okay, with the Minnesota Vikings logo on it. So ever since the 80s, I guess. I mean. Think about how, yeah. how unlucky that is, man. It she is. Could have, she could have sent you a New England Patriots sock. Team stunk back then, but she could have done it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, but that's the fun part. Man, I love rooting for the underdog. Yeah, and And, and at some point, it's really, really hard at the moment, though. And it's it's like all my friends here, um, are Bears fans. And at least they're stuck too. But come on, yeah. I was gonna say they're terrible too. So you got it. It's it's actually it's pretty much the same franchise. I, I was doing some digging on that today, too. I was like, I feel like this is the, pretty much the same team the last 20 years or so. So yeah. get this. Since, since the year 2000, the Bears have 171 wins. The Vikings have 179. The Bears have six playoff appearances. The Vikings have eight. Both teams have five division titles. Both teams have had five head coaches. Jay Cutler and Kirk Cousins are kind of the same guy, right? Like, I mean, different personalities, but like really good, talented quarterbacks that are deficient in leadership and just different things. Uh, Trubisky is basically ponder. They both had an epic whiff in the first round. Both teams have had 11 different leading passers since 2000. So. Can I come with a plea? Can I come with a plea? Sure. Like we keep talking about these people. That's all uh, afraid of a new ponder and go Cousins and whatever and all that jazz. I think most of your listeners pretty much agree upon whatever you, you guys are saying because they're listening to you every day. It's like, it's like talking to anti-vaxxers, right? It's just, you keep, di- I mean, you keep digging yourself out of a hole. It's not really working. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Rico, we appreciate you Thanks, bringing, bringing the passion from Denmark, staying up late. We'll talk to you again sometime. One, one last question. What do you guys think Skoll is? Like what do we like? What do we think it is? Yeah, didn't we steal it? Yeah, yeah but I thought we stole it's, it from Iceland. It's Danish, yeah. it's Danish, it's Danish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just means cheers. Oh, okay, that's all it well, means. Yeah, well, just saying well, cheers, cheers, cheers. I wish we had something to cheers too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> perhaps they shouldn't use it until they have a reason to score. No, yeah, that's or, what I'm uh, saying. We haven't yeah. won anything. Oh, we the have breaks it. on the Appreciate scoring. it. Thanks, All right, Rico. Thanks, awesome. dude. Rico. Good stuff, man. Let's see. So I will Purple take the Day Bears. International. I will trade the Bears, uh, the, the Vikings playoff appearances for for the Super Bowl appearance, though, that the Bears made circa 2005. Yeah. So, because I'd like to have that. 
Yep, that was kind of that was kind of the that was the Bears like that was the Vikings 2017 was the Bears 2005 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Because the Bears had the best defense with a questionable quarterback. Same thing for the Vikings. You take they both went like thirteen and three. Eight playoff appearances. I'll take your six, and you give me the Super Bowl appearance. I just like to see what I just like to see what it looks like. Okay. I don't. I don't think Bears fans are celebrating that appearance in the Super Bowl, though. No, but I'd like to take it for a test drive myself. Yeah, be nice. Hey, look, yeah. it's a Super Bowl See, appearance. Spe- speaking of test drives, uh, I think Bill's in a car right now. Yeah, I just, I'm literally pulling over right now. <laughs> Careful. Are you, okay, there, are you Bill. getting pulled, pulled over? Or are yeah. you pulling over? No, 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 no. I was actually on my way home. I'm getting ready to go to the Raiders game. Actually, I'm in Vegas. Oh, sweet, oh, wow, dude. dude. Yeah. Be, that'll be a blast. That'll be a blast tonight when both teams agree beforehand and just take a knee for three hours. <laughs> I know. Um, I got like four things. Real quick, little background. I played quarterback and coach for 17, 18 years, high school, college, stuff like that. So I'm not saying I'm an expert or anything, but and I'm definitely not a Kirk Stans or a Zimmer Stans. Number one, the one thing that kind of upsets me, and you guys are really the only ones that hit on it, Spielman. He's the one that kind of seems to avoid the blame, and he's the one that seems to – he's still going to be with the team tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We know Zimmer's gone. Mm-hmm. But how is Spielman the one – when the offensive line is terrible, that's Spielman. The defense is terrible. That's both of them. You know what I mean? So we put all the blame on Kirk and on Zimmer when Spielman's the head of the team. And so Spielman kind of, – and, and, and really, like, in fairness to Kirk, the contract is worse than his play. Right, 100%. like, like, like his his yeah. play is is top fifteen, right? But his, but his contract prevents the rest of the team from being able to build out, and that's more on Spielman. Right, I agree. And that brings me to two: Kirk. Kirk can win. Kirk isn't in the right situation. Neither was Zimmer. With Kirk, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's as oil and water of a pairing as you're going to find in the NFL. Do you? Do it, you it really think, is. Like, do you think I'm, Kirk can win though. Do you, do you think Kirk I is wired to win? I think Kirk. I think Kirk has the physical tools to, to win. I think mentally right. he has no clue. Kirk needs help to win. He doesn't need a perfect situation, but he needs the right situation. Where you take people like, say, Breeze. Breeze was in the right situation with Peyton. Um, Brady was in the right situation. Brady will win anywhere, but he was in the right situation in New England, where he pretty much had the same offense his whole career. Same thing with Rodgers. You look at the really successful quarterbacks; they've always had the same offense. Maybe one or two coaches throughout their whole, you know, throughout their whole career, where Kirk's had a different offensive coordinator every year. And there was, speaking of quarterbacks, I know there was talk about, uh, oh my god, I can't think of his name now from Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. 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 Mayfield's garbage. I would not trade used toilet paper for, for him. I mean, yeah. he he is Christian Ponder with an attitude, pretty much how I look at it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But, if they like, want to listen, if they want to kick in a first round pick, yeah, like, yeah, like, the, yeah. like the like the yeah. Lions Rams trade, all right, right. I'll, de- I'll deal with a year you of it. Catch but... that first round pick and get two yeah. first round picks for them. Exactly, mm-hmm. you give a first for them, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? oh number three? Clint Kubiak is terrible. Mm-hmm. So a lot of you look at. I think Gary got the most out of Kirk. That's really the long, the best stretch Kirk has ever had with those. 10 games going from, you know, game week five of last week all the way until this season. Kirk played tops. He was good. He even added, you saw, you know, the, the late game stuff this year. And I think if you get head coach wise, I would take either Doug Peterson 
the one that you're not going to get, but I would love to have Shanahan or yeah. Lethbridge. I, I'd prefer, you know, experience or a player is a coach. I think left, which I think people gravitate towards them. Everybody mm-hmm. raves about them. And you think about the championship game, you know, when he's in college, he's got a broken leg. You know what I mean? They're carrying him down the field, like stuff like that. People feed into that. Yes. Number four. So I can't say who. <laughs> so, and I've, I've waited to the last, you know, show to come on when the season's over. A friend of mine who went to college with me is, we'll say he's in the Viking organization. I can't say if he's player, oh, coach, oh or anything God. like that. Hold on, we'll, we'll give you, we'll, we'll give, we'll give you, we'll give you the umbrella here. We'll give All you the right. safe, the safe zone here. <laughs> Reckless yeah. speculation. All right. He has been. And not just him, players have been so frustrated all year, and I can't believe it hasn't boiled out into the open. It did a little bit with Jefferson a couple times with Clint. And I'll tell you right now, blame obviously gets spread, but in that locker room, the blame is on Clint. And I'll tell you, that comes from inside. The team loves Zimmer. They know Zimmer's gone. Um, there is obviously some people in there that don't like them, but I'll tell you right, 90% of the people in that locker room and in that organization blame Clint. And the thing with him hiring Clint was they had Dennison to back it up. And then when Dennison wouldn't get vaccinated, he couldn't be in there. So they couldn't fire Clint to promote Dennison to play caller. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, this the, is, oh, but, my God. <laughs> This goes back. This goes back to though what what we heard. I believe it was going in, into that Chargers game, which was that Andrew Janoco, the quarterbacks coach, was basically yeah. installed to help Clint with play calling because the yeah. play calling had been so bad. So like this all m- makes sense, and oh, I yeah. believe, and I believe that that was when Thielen and, and his agent Blake Barretts tweeted something, and and I think privately from what I heard recklessly as well. Thielen blew up internally. It oh, was yes. like, this is a bunch of crap. This is terrible. Yes. And so, so like this all led to Janoko um, be- becoming a source of help in installing plays and calling plays oh, yes. and went from there and, and it helped for a while. I don't think it continued, but anyway, yeah, I think there was a level of frustration that, that all, was huge. All those, all those little blowups you thought, you know, that you heard about that stuff's yep. all true. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was even right. Zimmer. Even Zimmer was kicking himself in the butt because he didn't have a backup for yep. Clint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my and, inside. Yeah. No, dude, that's, oh, that's, it's, that's I love it. Oh, it's yeah, it's right in line with some of the buzz that we have also I'm been totally hearing. Buying it and it's too. Your, like I'm it's, all in, dude. Yeah. I'm right now. Speculation. I, pre- I appreciate you guys. I found you guys about a year ago. Your show's great. Obviously, I don't agree with everything, but it wouldn't be a great show if we agreed with everything. Yeah. No, no and that's and by the way, I think okay. so. Judd, Judd and I have been doing a radio show and and more recently a podcast and, and YouTube channels right. together for eight years. And I would say the first like five of those years, we argued a lot more than we agreed on things because we just right. have different sports and worldviews on things. But like th- this Vikings collection, the last couple of years has brought us like eye to eye. You know, <laughs> we, we agree on so many things. And so I'm kind of excited at some point when they make a new hire or when there's like we're, we're probably going to spar more going forward, too. And so All it right. might even make for a more entertaining show. But yeah. So. Oh, real quick. Did Wanham had two sacks today, right? Yeah. I Did he? So. Okay. So Eight, I was right? on the second episode of uh, for the draft, the second day. 
Okay. And I said Wanham would get eight sacks. And yeah. I believe he got eight sacks. So I hit that. Is, is, is that an official write that down prediction? Yep. Declan wrote it down. Nice. Dude. You can go it back is. to that episode. Oh. Yes. Nice yes. work. Home run. Boy, dude. dude. Right on, gentlemen. Awesome, you guys Bill, have a great day. Thanks for coming on, dude. That's our NFL insider, Bill, coming on here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, un- that's good information. Un- unveiling yeah. great behind the scenes information. Yeah. Well, so so with that, because I mean, that's I, I love I love when you get the sort of you got someone inside the organization, you know, like that stuff tends to be pretty ironclad. Like it's <laughs> it's funny how often a seed like that can turn into like, oh, you go and confirm it with somebody. Sure. Um, it lines up with things that you've been hearing that I've been hearing as well. So my question is, let's say Clint Kubiak is the one that like players are the most frustrated with. Does that give you any sort of pause when it comes to firing Zimmer? Would you say, listen, like Zimmer whiffed on the Clint Kubiak thing, but if he goes back to like a Pat Shermer, who's probably going to get fired, right? He got fired, so he's gone. So Pat like, what if, what if Zim said, "Oh, I'll just bring Pat Shermer back and and we'll no. No. and we'll we'll get a new quarterback"? No. Too, too late, too late. No. Um... <sighs> Clint was a disaster, but that being said, this whole thing was off, and and it's not one year. It's two consecutive years of bad years, and the reality is your GM brought in a quarterback in 18, so it's been four years of taking shots. You have one playoff appearance, one playoff win. Um, no, I, I'm done. I, I mean, and, and Clint, I've just the, seen enough. The thing that would drive me nuts if I were Thielen, like they got so many great players and veteran players, you know, Thielen, even Cousins, and I'm sitting here dealing with this kid. I mean, he's 34, which in NFL coaching years is so young, right? He's never called plays before. Yeah. We've said this a million times, but it's worth highlighting again. He was the wide receivers coach at Kansas five years ago. Right. Kansas Uni- Not Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas University five yep. years ago. Yep. And, and we all have to sit here, you know, Thielen, Cousins, Brian O'Neill, like these good veteran players, while he figures out how to call plays for the first time, and he just has this sort of deer-in-the-headlights look on his face every single time he goes up to the podium to speak publicly on Thursdays. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you're a good guy. That's fine. But, like, why are we sitting through this? Why are we and experimenting with this? And if this guy's last name was Smith, no chance. No chance. But here's so here so here's the one thing from what what the caller said though, it, which is why I think it's a strike against everyone. Rick Dennison ain't Bill Walsh. Like your backup plan was, <laughs> so we got this savvy veteran, big offensive line coach who knows yeah. he, he can be Zim's guy. Um, like we're talking about, I'm like, okay, this is a cross between, uh, uh, Paul Walsh, uh, or Paul Brown, Bill Walsh. And, you know, I mean, it's Rick Dennison. Yeah. It's such a good, sounds point. like he lives next door to me. You know, oh, come man. on. If we just would have had Rick Dennison, then yeah, everything would have been different. This so I'm not buying that. All right. Who, who do we got next? Declan? Let's go to Trevor. Trevor. What's up, man? Welcome to Bentline. How are you? What's up, Trevor? What's going on, guys? Uh, I've been waiting to come on the show for a long time and, uh, decided to make the last week. Welcome in, oh, yeah, dude. dude. Welcome in. Over. Thank you. Season's finally over. I feel like this season gave me a lot of unneeded stress throughout the whole season. So, a little yeah. bit glad it's over. And, dude, this off this off season, starting tomorrow, basically, is going to be one of the more fun off seasons. I mean, it's it'll be speculative. There's going to be quarterback drama. 
Who are they going to hire as a head coach, right? Let the draft. I mean, this is going to be a pretty fun three or four mo- uh, month stretch here. Yeah, my roommates at uh, college give me a bunch of crap because I'm just pacing around the living room during all these late fourth quarter drives that the Vikings <laughs> try and have, and then we blow it. And it's been a long season, but I'm excited for change. Um, I want to come on and talk about quarterback situation. I really liked you guys' episode on uh, the like seven potential quarterbacks. Um, I want to throw a name out there. I don't know how you guys will take it, but what about Mitchell Trubisky? See, he he is a Pro Bowler. Speculation. Yeah, reckless speculation. He is a Pro Bowler. He did lead a twelve and four Bears team to the playoffs. I think that was his second year. Um, Nagy gets a lot of crap for his coaching and how he's done with Fields and how he's coached the offense there. I think Mitchell Trubisky could be cheap and a guy that could come in. And I think sitting under Josh Allen for a year, I think he's a guy that deserves another chance at a starting quarterback role. So I'm out on Trubisky, but I'm in on the idea of a cheap bridge quarterback and Mond and then maybe a Malik Willis in the draft or a 2023. Like, I think you have a better, you know, again, people have to remember the Vikings are a seven or an eight win team. The last couple of years, like there's, it's it's not like the bar is set super high here. I think they can pretty easily get to the seven, eight, nine win mark by clearing thirty five million dollars in cap space. Go get a right guard. Go get another another edge rusher, and just you know maybe the quarterback's not as good as Cousins, but the rest of the team is better and the coaching staff is better. And so I like as you go down the path of maybe you have to downgrade from Kirk, but you but you save some cap space over here to make the team better. I'm in on exploring that path. I've seen too much with Mitch Trubisky. I can't, I can't unsee what I've seen with Mitch Trubisky. He does own the Vikings, though. Yeah, Every well, time he played the Vikings, I think true. he won. So. He's like he five can really and buy one them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he does own the Vikings. Yeah, I, I don't know, Kirk. I, I was kind of against you guys at first when you guys were talking about Kirk. Like earlier this year, it's that he was the. Or you guys didn't say he's the problem. But I do agree with you guys now. He makes too much of the salary cap for our, the rest of the team to be good. And I honestly, it was kind of starting to lean more of Kirk's the problem over Zimmer. But I think that Packers game last Sunday really opened my eyes that Zimmer needs to go just because a must-win game. seems like any time a starter gets hurt, our backup is just not even close as as good as them. And that's on coaching, like, you know, the second strings and the third strings being – Good, good enough to come in next man up. So I think Zimmer getting fired really opened my eyes last Sunday in a must-win game at Lambeau to save the season. So yeah, yep. Trevor, where are you go to school, man? St. Cloud State, actually. Hell oh, yeah! Oh, oh, go Huskies! Yeah. Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> AJ Fredrickson went there. I worked with him a little bit at nice. KVSC or campus dude, radio awesome, station. Dude. I worked at KVSC. I love that. Say yeah, Jim and yeah. Joe for me. I'm unfortunately not in mass comm anymore. I switched over sports management. I like that a little better. So I'll get to run a team now. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fire people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like how you think. Awesome. All right, Trevor. Thanks for coming on, dude. Trevor. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, there's the call of the day. I don't know why I gave. I can't do Trubisky. No, I can't do Trubisky. I I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't even think in those terms, dude. He's uh, I can't. It's funny because like Trubisky. I again, I don't think Trubisky is a good quarterback, but. Like, could Trubisky be in that bin of, you know, cheap young bridge guy that, like, you know that you can go to the playoffs with Trubisky if the rest of your roster is good. The Bears did it. So, yes. 
That's where the NFL is not all this. It's not linear. You know, just replace Kirk with a. There, there's roster construction that goes into this conversation. The question so. is this: it, Who is the next Ryan Tannehill? Or a guy just levels up with the right situation? Well, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he's yep, been yep, kind of mad this talent, year, but he's got talent. But I mean, he's good. He's he's solid. Who who's the next guy like that? I don't think Trubisky is. I, mm-hmm. I think he's bad. So Tannehill was like five years in Miami. Yep, and then he was supposed to be a star, didn't get close. And and, and the then, Titans brought him in as a bridge guy. Yeah, and then he turned out to be because Mariota didn't work in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You're you're right, and he yeah, tried to be good. Trubisky, I'm trying to have to think about like guys who kind of. Guys who were sort of labeled as a bust, but not a total bust. Yeah, it's interesting. Think about that. All right, who's I'll next? Vikings that line here. Let's go to Russ. How's it going, guys? Good man. So, uh, quick, real quick. Actually, before I have a, I have a few things, but uh, you guys were talking about maybe risky. But I like Minshew. I I don't know why. Something about him. I, people in college, people that watched him in college, really liked him. Mm-hmm. And then people in Philly, and I, I guess I guess after the Jets game, he. He went to the office and said, "Hey, I want to be a starter." Coach told him to kick rocks, but it's like, "Hey, that takes balls! Like, <laughs> that 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 takes some guts." I love that. Like, "Hey, we need somebody with some guts," and that's something Kirk doesn't have, so we know that for a fact. Gardner, <clears throat> kick rocks. Yeah, he th- I think he told him to kick rocks, or maybe he said something else, but I'm not gonna say that. But um, real quick, you guys remember after Cleveland, Zimmer was saying, "I know the team. I know this is a good team. I've been around football 29 years. What happened? Well, it seems like you know it made that 29 years kind of fell down, fell down the drain for us. But whatever. So that, just to go on off that point, and then DJ Wanham is a Bears killer. It seems to be every other game he doesn't really show up. But um, and then uh, go just looking at the game. Um, no rookies. You know, if I was Zimmer, if I wanted to to really spin Spielman, I would have started the rookies because then if they would have been not that great, he'd been like, hey, look, Spielman these guys i did what i could they're not that great it's it to me that feels like more of an insult than just not playing them because then people like well zimmer what are you doing it would and then people would be like what is spielman doing it could it could have gone both ways it's a two-way street but zimmer being zimmer you know whatever and then the, the crowd noise oh my goodness you, i could hear the bears offense that was kind of crazy and then yeah. uh, judd is at the stadium it's i'm sure it was dead quiet i could hear andy dalton doing the kills i'm like what the heck Forgot. that's funny um also on a coaching candidate i as far as coaching, I really like Leftwich. Tom Brady, yeah, he, you know, yeah, it's Tom Brady, obviously. But I mean, Leftwich, Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins are not the same player, but they play the same style. So it's a pocket passer. Maybe Leftwich has something, some guru in him that we don't know. Maybe Peterson's the answer. I like Leftwich though, but like Dex was saying, Jaguars seems to make sense. But maybe he doesn't like the ownership. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. Khan is just not, not a, a fan. Who knows? Uh, and then last two points, Troy Die. He's from he's from Norco. I'm from Corona. That's we're, we're sister cities. Shout out to him. I'm glad he started. I played with his uh, older brother in high school, so I love to see that. And my final point: we have to move 241 days till the next Viking game, so we have time to relax. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So, yeah, it's gonna be this is gonna be a fun off season, man. I, I'm I I'm I'm so pumped for tomorrow, and then everything else between now and the draft. It's gonna be a blast. 
I hope so. I hope so. And I just I want to go back to the glory days. I want to. I, I just I. It need, there needs to be change. And I'm not saying. And in the last few weeks, Zimmer is. I loved Zimmer up till about the last week or two because it's just I don't know something about him kind of soured me. The way he was acting, he kind of gave me like a, a a guy on two week notice vibes. He's like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> F it. F it. Hey, uh, Zimmer, who's gonna do this? I don't care. Like, come on, man. Like, you gotta go go out. You're held high. He could have. He could have just. You know. You know what? If this is my last game, you know, I'm going out gunslinging. I don't care. Like, just. I feel like that would have been more respectful. Because at the end of the day, you know, last a lasting impression. I think people remember more than a first impression, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. It sucks, but yeah. I, I'm hoping hoping for a good off season. I appreciate you guys. I bought a webcam just for this show. <laughs> I have no <laughs> reason for a webcam <laughs> for this show. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. So like, bro, now you got to start your own podcast, man. Yeah, you I, I might I might start streaming. I, I this is my my just my gaming equipment, but I might start streaming now. I, I got a reason now. <laughs> Love it, dude. Ross, yeah, thanks yeah, for Russ. coming on, man. We appreciate Thank it. you guys. All right, Gardner Minshew, your thoughts. Love the mustache. Love the mustache. I, I actually like how he is wired because to oh, the yeah. point of going in and saying, I should start. Like he's wired in a way that I think is very productive for the position he plays. That being said, I think there's also probably a reason why he has not held a starting job for an extended period of time, just at different times. Uh, but as far as a bridge guy, would I shut that down? No, I talk about it. Like Mitch Trubisky, I would shut down. I can't do that. Like, I can't go there. Um, if you came to, to me and said the plan is to get a long-term solution, hopefully via the draft of quarterback, but for 2022, it's going to be Minshew, I'd talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, again, is Gardner Minshew as good as Kirk Cousins? No. But if I get Gardner Minshew... I get $35 million in cap space. And then right. Gardner's a free agent after next year, so you'd have to figure out, you know, if he plays well, is he going to extend it, whatever. But, like, I get $35 million in cap space. And then I also get a gravitational pull, fiery leader guy that people love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, that's interesting. Can you win seven, eight, nine games and make, make the playoffs with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, that that's the thing with Kirk. Four years here now, three years, no playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're not it, – it's not like, well, we got to the NFC Championship game one year and the next year got to the yeah. second round. Like, There's nothing to hold on to. We are talking about, in my opinion, for this franchise, we're talking about three out of four years were failures. Yes. Like, this is a failure. Last year was a failure, and that's not all on Kirk, but you have to find out why you failed. Like, this whole thing of, well, you just didn't make the playoffs. No, that's not good enough. So, Let's keep going here. Vikings vent line. Let's go to Logan. Logan, what's up, dude? Welcome to vent line. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I want to yeah. say uh, thank you so much for your season long of therapy. It's been very helpful. It's been a tough season, man. Yeah. Yeah, you got yeah, it, man. But- no, thanks for, thanks for being a loyal listener, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm going to start off by saying just what an absolute clown show, man. It's just from top to bottom, all season long. You kind of knew it was going to happen when uh, they listed co-coordinators. I mean, I knew that that wasn't going to be a good idea and things were just, you know, it was all downhill from there. So, uh, yeah, a lot of guys are mentioning Brian Dabble and uh, I think Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson is like more, you know, less risky. Um, But with Brian Dabble, you could end up, you know, you see what he did with Josh Allen. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. The the thank you, Logan. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can throw like six of these coordinators in a hat, and you can make a case for all of them. You could find some flaws or some what about things with all of them, and ultimately, probably not going to know for like three years. Are they actually leaders, or are they are they Matt Nagy's right? Right. Or Brad right. Childress's. But there's ri- but there's risk, and and look, the, I will always go back to when Kirk was signed. I said, good, good risk, didn't work out. Like you have to be, it's sports. You have to be prepared for things not to work. But that doesn't mean that, you know, well, it's safe because you win. I mean, you're not a terrible team. Well, that's no fun. So, uh, yes, this is a difficult assignment to probably find a GM and coach. I get that. And potentially a quarterback, too. But we're not going to accomplish our goal of seeing a potential Super Bowl championship unless you take that risk. Because just to recycle the same thing over and over and over again makes no sense. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling here. Vikings vent line. Let's see if we can get Dan. Dan, can you hear us okay? That's all right. We've had some connection issues with Dan trying to get that camera to work, but that's all right. Let's uh, let's roll on to Peter. Peter, what's up, dude? Welcome to Bentland. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm a huge fan, first-time caller. Thank right you. on, dude. Welcome to the show. Um, so let me tell you, I'm, I'm from St. Louis. I went up to Green Bay last week and actually sat 15 rows behind Vikings on their sideline. I've never seen a team – with less energy, with their season on the line than I've yep. seen on that sideline. Yep. And look, I'm out there in the freezing cold too, right? Like, I can't – I had way more energy than anyone. The only one that I ever saw trying to get in anybody's face is Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you guys already know that, right? No, it is the – it is – it's the deadest Vikings team in years. The Rams game, right? Bunch of zombies, dude. Right? The Rams game was the same thing. It's like shocking that this team was on was on the, the cusp of being in the playoffs. Like, they had a spot. And for two games, they sort of like, well, whatever. It's a, very, it's a very, very bizarre. And to me, again, speaks to the people who are in charge need to change that. Like, you can't have that. For sure. For sure. Um, I got two kids under five in the basement, and they're on their best behavior right now. So Nice. Uh, yeah. Good job. Um, yeah, you may hear them soon. That's fine. But um, I want to talk Spielman. Hold on, honey. <laughs> she can get on too. I want to talk they, Spielman. They, are, Come here, babe. Are they Vikings she, fans? Or are they're they, huge are... Vikings fans. All right. Yeah, they know all about the hey. Vikings. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, I think – so I'm going to talk Spielman, right, because I don't know. I just don't think it's all fair, right? I, like, I'm a, I am don't care for Zimmer, but I feel that Spielman really failed Zimmer, right? Like, did you guys hear Collar's podcast about all the nepotism on the Vikings? No, but I've seen some of – I, I mean, I – I think we've heard enough of Collar's takes throughout the years or yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, so, but it's just, it's like the Vikings, I think he had them as like the third or fourth highest level of nepotism in the NFL. Right. And I just see that as <laughs> look, you know, at some point Spielman, you need to talk to your boy, right? You need to talk to Zimmer and tell him, look, your son cannot be the defensive code defensive coordinator 
Like, you can't hire Clint Kubiak because you're buddies with Gary. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. We're running a professional organization here, and our goal is to win, yeah. not to, like, promote our family members and everyone feel real happy about that. Like, right? to your point, Peter, it's like, okay, working. so – this is the this is the National Football League, right? This is all. Oh. <laughs> oh, there she is. There you go. Hi. Hey. She keeps me calm because the Vikings <laughs> get this blood pressure going. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got you know you got thirty two teams. There's a limited amount of these coordinator jobs in the world. These are the premium coordinator jobs in the world. And you're telling me that Adam Zimmer and Clint Kubiak are qualified to have those positions. It's just a, it's an amazing, right? amazing yep. pairing it, of it goes, it And it goes beyond that too, right? Like, it's just like, at some point, Spielman, you got to step in. And, and you saw it today. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the young guys look pretty decent, right? Like, I don't, I don't think they looked awful, right? But they at least look like they're out there hustling. As I probably got to go. But anyway, they <laughs> they at least look like they're out there ready to play. And no, Spielman, you know, again, allowed Zimmer to get Mackenzie Alexander and Sheldon Richardson and all of these other – and bring back Anthony Barr. It's like, dude, I drafted these young guys. You need to play them. And that's yeah. where Spielman is like – he failed them again, right? I mean – you're not there to be Zimmer's best friend. You're there to manage him, right? That's in your title, your general manager. You need to manage the way that your coach is running this team. Yeah. Yep. No, is and, there... and just appeasing him and going out and signing all these washed-up guys. Come on, man. Have and some I... confidence in your draft picks. I feel like the thing about it is there's just a clear split between those two um in 2018, when when Spielman clearly signed Kirk against Mike's, you know, judgment and wishes, and that after that it sort of became a okay, I get mine, then you you got yours, because mm-hmm. um, I really think that you know, I'll go go back to that 2017 roster and how that team was run felt really tight, like it felt like a really tight group of of players uh on both sides of the ball it felt like it really worked i thought that was probably mike's most effective coaching job and the second that kirk walked in that door you could see a change and and i've seen now the picture of the day that kirk signed uh at the press conference is being published again as people do sort of retrospectives here and you've got mark wolf smiling you've got rick smiling you've got i think kirk's arms sort of draped around rick and to the right of that picture, off, sort of by himself, not smiling at all, is Mike. Yeah. And I and really – He was never on board. He was never on board. But, he I mean, I can't was. tell you, like, don't underestimate that because we, we've certainly discussed it a lot. But don't underestimate what that day meant as far as internally with people. And I felt like Rick said, look, I got you the special uh, quarterback. You should be thankful. And Mike was like, yeah. but it's not how I – I wanted to build a team in a salary cap league. And I think that that really ultimately changed things. Yep. No, it's true. But then on the Zimmer side of it, okay, this is your new reality here. The team brought Kirk Cousins in. He did nothing Mm -hmm. to adjust and to build a relationship. It took him until year four 
to start having weekly 45-minute meetings with Kirk on Thursdays. You're right. You know, like, You're yeah, right. I, 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 you know, if you could go back, I think you'd, you'd probably wouldn't have spent that much money on a good, not great quarterback that just worked here. But it's on the head coach to be the head coach and the leader of the entire team. It's like, okay, all right, I might not have made that signing, but uh, I don't get to shop for the groceries, but I'm still employed here and make millions of dollars to make this team hum. And it's almost like he threw a little tantrum behind the scenes and oh, yeah. pouted about Kirk Cousins for and things changed four years. But I would still yeah. love to know. I would love to go back and find out because that seems to me to be a big guy to sign into that contract. If if the most important people within the organization aren't on board, right? Like I'd love to know how that transpired because you know I get it. Um, I I want a defensive tackle. You, you want a fullback. You know, well, okay, yeah. we'll do that. But it's a quarterback position. It's ultimately the most important. I'd love to know what transpired there. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling here. Vikings Ventline. Yeah, let's go to uh, D Evolution here. What's up, man? Welcome back to Ventline. Well, hey, it's my first time calling. What's up? Um, I really just want to talk about the first quarter and uh, Mike Zimmer not getting Justin Jefferson the ball in the last 30 seconds of the game. Yeah. That tells you that the coach who cried yesterday about how good his players are working for him didn't work for his players in this game, a game that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that rubbed me the wrong way too. Yeah, and it it was more than just the last 30 seconds. I think you could actually sort of make a case that, all right, once there's a minute left, like, but the possession before that. You're up 14 points. And they they had a third and 14. Yes. And Jefferson needed what seventeen yards, and they run a drop play to Wangwu on third and fourteen. Yep. Okay. They did guy. two running plays in the first mm-hmm. quarter. They ran five runs up the middle, one to the left, passed the ball zero under two times under ten yards. And yes. Got sacked twice. That was their whole first quarter. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Yep. Yeah, it was a Not- buzzkill, man. It was. It was a horrible. They came back in the second half. Everything was looking good. But when it came down to the – your players are crying. You're crying for your players. They worked so hard for you for eight years. They're such – they're so good. But when it comes down to helping your players out, get a record in a game that doesn't matter. You're up 14 points. You can't throw the ball. You kneel on it. That coach – I mean, I'm glad Zimmer's gone, but – yeah. And uh, he he's not gone yet, but we'll, well see you in the in the next twelve hours. <laughs> Devolution, man! Thanks for coming on and wrapping things up with us here on Vikings Vent Line. No um, problem. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, so. We're and we'll you know we'll still do Vent Line shows throughout the off season. We're formulating our plan here. I think we're just going to be super heavy on the news cycle this week. Is there's probably going to be a lot of things happening. Um, but we definitely will still keep it interactive and, and fan-friendly throughout the offseason. So as we wrap the final edition of traditional post-game vent line, let's just go around the room here. Dex, we'll start with you. What um, what do you want to see most in the next three months? I want to see them get an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, I want to see them embrace and do everything in their power to keep Justin Jefferson happy. These Jefferson quotes about Cousins and them not seeing eye to eye. Like, we're, we worked. It basically says, yeah, we work together. There's flaws. That's how that quote comes off of. Um, I want to see them embrace offense, and I want to see them do something that says, hey, this is not going to be a long rebuild. We're going to be an exciting football team. We can still compete in 2022. 
That's what I want to see. Um, I, I think just it's time to literally, as I said off the open, turn the page. Let's start a new era of Vikings football. Find your next head coach. Find the next GM. If Kirk is still here, like I'm not, I would personally would like to move on from Kirk, but I could understand, as I, I told Judd this yesterday, Phil, and you weren't on the, on the show with us, that I could understand if Kellen Moore came in here and said, you know, I, I want Kirk Cousins. He's a veteran quarterback. He's established. I can work with him. I know there's something here. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can understand being talked into that. But I need an offensive-minded coach that embraces the times in the NFL. That's what I want to see. Um, I'll go back to what I've been saying for a few weeks now. I want somebody to come in as the GM and not only hire a coach, but do a hard audit of this entire roster and franchise. So, like, this is not a Kirk discussion. He's part of it. But this is also a discussion about veteran players who possibly make too much or who are aging out, who Rick and Mike probably feel indebted to, who a new GM and coach won't, and who they say it's time to move on. Um I'm going to tell you today, at, at receiver, Amir Smith-Marset intrigued me. K.J. Osborne intrigues me. Justin Jefferson is great. Um, you know, we love him. He's from here. I hear. But if I go to Thielen and I say, I need, I need you to take a substantial pay cut, and he's like, well, hold on a second. I'm still really good. I'd be, you know what? You are elsewhere. See you. Bye. Um we need to be confronted. We need to see players confronted with the reality of what I think is trending a little bit towards a country club is now gone. Um, and that is a lot of guys that are comfortable have to be made uncomfortable or pay the price of not being here. Um, I feel like everything with Kirk and, and you know, with how Mike ran things became, he made young players uncomfortable. The veterans got comfortable and, and I think this became less and less of a true team. And that is something for people who have no prior experience with these players or this roster to explore and probably in some ways tear apart. And, and I don't think this team is going to reach where it wants to reach until that takes place. And people might not like it and they might have problems and they might threaten to drop their, their tickets that's too bad ultimately they don't know what's the most important thing for them if they want to see a championship so i think this is going to be i think there's going to be a lot of things done here phil in the next few months that probably aren't popular but are absolutely necessary mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll keep it quick here because we're gonna we have so many more thoughts and shows to do this week and, and by the way like you know we started this whole last week if you missed any of our shows we basically treated this last week as if the off season had started, and so if you're if you're looking for thoughts and ideas and speculation on coach, GM, quarterback, definitely uh, catch up on last week's episodes of Purple Daily and even Mackie and Judd. And uh, we're just going to be your daily home for anything that's happening, anything that could happen, what we want to see happen. We're going to be all about looking forward and uh, some fun, reckless speculation tomorrow. Reckless speculation. I want new front office blood. Someone else to help take a look at this thing, look at the Rubik's Cube a little bit differently. You know, this has been a Rick Spielman front office for 15 years. Um, and it's just uh, whether he's completely gone or just sort of moved aside and somebody else comes in, just fresh blood. I want an offensive-minded head coach who is innovative, who's a great leader, and who can connect with whoever the quarterback is going to be. Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond, somebody that's not on the roster yet. 
And then I want the Vikings to either get better or cheaper at quarterback. That's simple. Or, or both. I mean, both would be great. It's going to be hard to do both, but they either need, if, if you're going to pay premium dollar for a quarterback, you got to have someone better than the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. And if you can't find that, then give me the $35 million in cap space and let me build out a roster while I have flexibility to find my quarterback this year, next year, or whenever that may be. Just get get out from underneath this contract purgatory that they keep finding themselves in the last four years with Kirk Cousins. So, um, Thank you guys so much for uh, watching and listening to Vikings Ventline on a weekly basis. This has been obviously a buzzkill season, so we hope that we've brought some therapy into your lives. And we appreciate all the support and the community that you guys have helped us build here on the Purple Daily Podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, Thanks for getting us over 20,000 subscribers on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And uh, this will remain a daily show, Purple Daily anyways, all throughout the offseason. Even during the doldrums of May, June, July, we got you guys covered on a regular basis. So. Any, uh, any final words of wisdom from you guys? Judd, you're at the stadium right now. Um, yeah, I, I would actually like to say thanks to all the people who watch us and also who have called in or streamed in. Um, we found a really cool community of people who I think are really smart fans. And, yeah. and, and I don't think I've ever discovered this many Vikings fans before. Um, a collection who is as as smart and brings great ideas and and we might not agree, but they're good ideas and it, it, it's just been it's been super eye opening and enlightening to have a community here that really really I I think not only appreciates what what we do but we appreciate what you do so that's been that's been a big thing for for me to find that there are so many intelligent, really, really smart fans. Yeah, I, I think it's been awesome just interacting with fans uh, all, all season long. I mean, it, it, I know we basically work six days a week, essentially, for you guys, and it's not just because we have to work. We love doing this show. Um, this is I, honestly our most fun time of the entire, I'll speak for both Phil and Judd here, our, our most fun time of the entire work year is September through the Viking season because this Bentline show is the most fun and interactive show that we have on the docket. And it's a big reason why we've um, been very successful on YouTube and we've interacted with a bunch of people. I have been stopped on the street from people that say we love Ventline, which is crazy to me. My girlfriend <laughs> thinks I'm, I'm Joey Tribbiani and I'm taking her to places where I'm getting recognized for that fact. <laughs> that is not the case. Uh, but I think just our loyal listening of Vikings fans that are not just regular guys, obviously, you know, Ben and Ben in Florida and, and Chauncey and Fargo who have come on with us before, but how many new fans we have discovered this year, which I think is really pretty damn cool. So I think it's awesome that you guys have supported us and yeah, we will still be pumping out plenty of Vikings content. As Phil said, I mean, an off season vent line show, uh, we'll definitely be returning again soon where we'll have Vikings fans. So this show will still somewhat still exist um, for the, for through the next month or so. And we're excited to bring you more content and it's been awesome, man. I, I love interacting with you guys. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, this is uh, it's been a blast, and uh, I echo everything that you guys just said too. This is this is the, I think it's the smartest collection of Vikings fans that's part of this community. A uh, bunch of hilarious people that are also part of this community, and I think people that uh, they can sort of see the the big picture of it all and have high standards for wanting this team to win a championship. You're you're not just being spoon fed the company line about how. You're a bad fan if you don't cheer for your team to win. Like if, if you want your team to be better, this is the place for you guys, and I think all of you guys know that or you wouldn't be listening or watching. So awesome. with that, 
That's a wrap on the 2021 NFL season. And tomorrow, all hell may break loose. So definitely check us out on Purple Daily and click that subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and give us a five-star review if you could on Spotify and or Apple as well. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. This has been Vikings Ventline.